be this camp about 60 miles from here. Camp Arawak. All these kids started getting killed. Well, it ended up that the killer was the shy 14-year-old girl that everybody picked on. Except she wasn't... Baby, you're supposed to be in the cabin. Let's go. Wait, what, what happened to the killer? Sleepaway Camp 2. Sign up and become a dismember. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 73 of Schlockernaut, where we travel to the edge of the cinematic universe to watch and discuss all types of films, even those including your favorite transsexual, psychopathic killer, Angela. I'm Doc. I'm here with my buddy Steve, and together we're going to figure out whether this movie is schlock or not. And now, on to the show. What's up, man? Hey, buddy, how are you? Well, according to the trailer, what happened is that killer took some guitar lessons because that riff was coming in hot. That's what I was going to say. It's like, uh, do you think when that lady said kids during the story, she was using quotation marks around kids? Because, like, everybody in this movie is in their 30s, I'm pretty sure. And in the previous one as well. Yeah, I, th I think that, like, w there was, like, one or two minors. The, uh, but other than that, it's your, it's your stock uh, camp, you know, even Friday the 13th, where everybody in there looks like they're uh, 35 years old plus, but they're, you know, throw some pigtails on them and, uh, and some braces and you got yourself a teenager. And then I never can tell who's the counselor and who are the kids, because this one has like Angela and TC are the lead counselors, I think. And they're in charge of cabins of kids, but they all look like adults, but then randomly scattered throughout the camp are actual like younger kids that never really the only one i think it has the best line is emilio or no the uh, kid who's talking to emilio in the pool later but yeah there's like a very small group of kids and everybody else is like a grown-ass adult they threw some extra counselors in toward the end too at one point i was like who's this chick and she was out looking for the kids and the other counselors and i had i don't remember her from the beginning at all so the i had an issue and i've had this issue before uh, I think I've had this issue with other uh, camp movies is I can't keep their name straight at all because it's all the stock Allie, Phoebe, it, it's all exactly the same white girl with the same hair, with the same name. All the dudes have the same Billy, Bobby, Robbie. I, I get really mixed up and I start just referring to them as, uh, you know, girl with, uh, you know, girl with ponytail, girl with dark hair. And that's why I hope everybody forgives us this time around too, because uh, they do just bring in characters out of nowhere and they never say their name. And I know you watch a lot on Amazon Prime, which will show like the names of the characters at the bottom of the screen, correct, with the actors' names. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I don't do that. I use the DVD, so then I try and go to IMDb to match up the face to the name. And unfortunately, not a lot of the actors have their faces. Uh, their photos attached to their IMDb profiles because right. this is the only movie they've ever done. Yeah, so that's it gets really hard, especially like with the uh, the Shout sisters and whatnot. Like, which one's Brooke and which one's I forget what the other one's name was at this point. Jody, so, but I'm not even sure about that. It is Brooke and Jody. Very okay. good. Um, ready to fake sponsoring? Yeah, let's do it, man. Go oh, for it. Just so everybody knows, we're talking about 1988's Sleepaway Camp Two. So um, we have. A connection with Slock or not, because we did Sleepaway Camp one, like our first season, maybe like our first Very year doing the early. show. Yeah, real early on. And get those Team Angela shirts over at T Public or whatever. Yes, because um, we are Team Angela. Um, so yeah, nineteen eighty eight Sleepaway Camp two, unhappy campers. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, go for it, man. Give me your fake sponsor, and we'll get this thing okay. going. Okay. 
fake sponsor. This episode of Schlocker Night is brought to you by Proper Planning Prevents Piss Filled Porta Potties Cleaning Service. Locally owned and operated. May may I add to that? Yeah. Uh, My fake sponsor is John W. Longyear. You know who that is by chance? No idea. In the early 1900s, he invented what we know today as the porta potty. Uh, also, Christ, <laughs> there's, no, there's no way. Also, also known as the porta john or the thunderbox, which I much prefer thunderbox to that. The hot box, the sweat, <laughs> yeah. the soup kitchen, yeah. sweatshop. Yeah, I call it Doc's get office. In get, yeah. get in there. Get, that's where I get my paperwork done. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you good? Yeah, I'm good, buddy. Right, let's do this. These old schlockernaut boys are going to be diving deep into a pond here in Hazard County. This show is going to be spoiled worse than the eggs in Uncle Jesse's sack. All right, so Sleepaway Camp 2 was made in 1987. It was made literally on the cheap for $400,000, and they filmed Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3 back-to-back. Interesting. I didn't know that. I'll go into some story later about how... um, Jerry Silva and Mike Simpson, the director, got the rights to two and three from Robert Hiltzik. But yeah, so basically, um, even while Sleepaway Camp 2 was being filmed, uh, Fritz, I forget his name, Fritz Gordon, maybe? He was a pseudonym for another writer. He used that name for this this project. He was actually writing part three while they were filming part two on set. So part, part three is the exact same writers and directors? Yes. Okay. And you know how the one kid, uh, Sean, he, he keeps talking about his dad arrested Angela or whatever oh, they, they, throughout the movie? They pushed that real hard, yeah. Oh, yeah. So part three, uh, his dad is actually one of the camp counselors. Okay. He hasn't learned his <laughs> So trying to, yeah. trying to ferret out where Angela is, right? Because okay. they it. didn't catch her. Um, so uh, we are no longer at Camp Arawak, which is where we were for the um, – uh, first one, but it feels like we've been here before, right? Because we've had the campfire stories by the kid with the gnarly mullet. <laughs> it feels like we we're in Madman Mars territory in the beginning. One hundred percent, man. So TC tells a terrible story that doesn't scare anybody, but his mullet is horrifying. Yeah. And then another girl—I forget her name. Even is she important? Phoebe is that her name? Probably not important, but yeah. Phoebe tells the actual story of Angela at Camp Arawak which apparently is 60 miles away from Camp Rolling Hills. So this whole area is dense with camps for children. Yeah. Apparently. I believe that was Allie because um, she was like the the uh, resident Jody of the film from the first one. She's the, No, because remember Phoebe. So this is going to be fun because we're going to oh be God. a whole lot of oh uh, arguing. Because remember Phoebe, uh, Angela gets mad at Phoebe for telling the story that scared the kids. So you're right. Bad. No, you're right. You're right. So um, this movie was filmed in October at Camp Waco in Georgia. And I think, like, at this point, if you're naming anything after Waco, it's probably yeah, not a good yeah, idea. Yeah, that, that conjures up an image for sure. Yeah, so um, I guess while they were filming two and three, it was getting increasingly colder. So part two was supposed to happen in the summer, but you can gradually see the leaves in the background turning brown because it's becoming autumn and fall. But part three, they had to change it to where the camp was open in the fall, which I don't know how many fall camps they have. Maybe... They're out there, but like the kids were freezing their ass off in both. <laughs> what about the pool scene? Was it winter during that too? It was. It was fall. It was October. Oh my goodness! Yep. And fun fact: that pool was filled with algae. Ugh. 
It was disgusting. I like how the I like, I like that the whole uh, set was filmed with gnats. Did you notice how many times the the uh, while they're acting, they're actually swatting gnats away from their mouth and nose? That was great. <laughs> it's authentic camp. <laughs> it sure was. That's why oh, I hate camp. CT flies everywhere, all over the place. Like, oh. oh, they had the sound of the flies for sure. It was like oh, the movies saw with the frogs in the background constantly ribbiting. <laughs> Uh, I love it, but dude, that would be miserable to be yeah. swimming in that, that pool with all that algae and just like tough it out, and you get that brain eating amoeba yeah. that destroys your brain. I mean, I did enjoy that uh, at, at the original camp scene in the beginning. They basically give you the whole story of Sleepaway Camp One, but kind of like they did in the first uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Remember, they always did like a recap, like uh, a complete five minute recap of the previous movie for the first like three films. Uh, so they they yeah. tell you in case just on the off chance you didn't see one or it had to been a while, you get a full recount of, of the basics. And I thought that was a nice, you know, quick way to do it. That was pretty slick. I think they, they mentioned the fact that Angela was Peter, right? During that story. Uh, they didn't mention the shocking ending where uh, he was holding the head of a camper, but everybody thought he was a lady. I think they kind of steered clear of all of that during their recounting of the first movie. But uh, Sean does relate that his dad was a cop and he, uh, he arrested Angela and then told the story about how she went to a psych ward and got a citizen funded sex exchange operation and was released apparently. Dun dun dun. Yeah, the timeline didn't match too good because he's like a couple years ago she went to a psych ward and then later in the story he's like in a couple years ago she got a sex change and they're really pushing that his dad was the cop. And you're right, you know what he does make a mention of I can't remember her her uh, original name but th- he does say Peter was the second name. Yeah, he does know Peter, but he doesn't know that Apparently, uh, she also used the name Angela, which is also the name of the head camp counselor at your camp. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't uh, push too hard to try to connect those dots. The detective apple fell way far from that tree because yeah. <laughs> that guy didn't get any of that deduction, uh, yeah. you know, skill. Yeah. So um, that's when we we meet head counselor Angela, which kind of is cool because while she's telling the scary story about Angela, she's like sneaking up behind her in the background. Right. And it almost looks like she's carrying a knife, but it's a flashlight, but it was done well because it was backlit. So, you know, you just see her holding something coming up behind them. That was good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good intro, good introduction to the character. And, uh, basically she tells Phoebe, come on, let's go. We're going back to camp. And on the way there, we immediately see what kind of character Angela is because she's calling out Phoebe, uh, for two things, basically. The first thing is for, hold on a second. Can you hear the dogs barking? Very little. It's not going to come out and recording. You're good. Okay. Um, so she's walking her back to camp and she's scolding Phoebe for one, telling the story that scared all the kids. There was like three people at that campfire. If I remember correctly, <laughs> and none of them were children. If I remember right too. So, um, so you had that and then she calls her a horse slut. <laughs> Yeah, because she had snuck out. That was all boys around the campfire, and she had snuck out, uh, you know, to hang with the hang with the fellas and tell the story. And and her her uh, defense is, "Hey man, TC was there. He's the head counselor. He obviously didn't mind me being there. He was enjoying the story. So, uh, you know, man, back off." He was he was the one involved in telling the first story, trying right. to scare the kids. So, and also, um, if sitting around a campfire. And uh, telling scary stories is a slutty activity, then I am a dirty whore. Yeah. <laughs> I love that stuff, dude. Who would <laughs> want to tell scary stories around a campfire yeah. in, the, in the fall? Yeah. But uh, Phoebe does get hers. Yeah. So Angela threatens to send her home, which is also um, 
uh, modus operandi for Angela throughout the entire movie. And so in the most original killing I've ever seen in my entire life, <laughs> yeah. she bashes her head with a log. And when I say bashes her head, she hits her once on the uh, left side of the temple with a log that's clearly foam rubber because it's filled with blood because as soon as it hits her face, it just splatters blood all over. And then she grabs the opposite uh, side of her head. I put, I, I, was, I put that too. I was going to ask if you saw it. <laughs> She gets hit on the left side of the head. She grabs the right side of her head. That's you know, left side's bleeding profusely. She grabs the right side of her head, and she dies. But have you ever tried to pick up like a lifeless body or a, a, a like even your five year old that goes limp that does you know limp oh, body? Oh, dude, a sleeping a up? sleeping child, a sleeping dog or something. Try to move a uh, Hank. Try to move my mastiff when he was sleeping. Good luck. It's like uh, you know a grab uh, magnets attached to him, and the floor is metal. Yeah, like, good luck picking him up. But she's able to drag those bodies, dude. She later on in the movie, she's grabbing adult males. Yeah, I, I did. I did like the, the log effect, though, man. It was. It was. Um, I, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool because it started pretty abruptly too. With I was like, wow, a killing it. Like, uh, are we even at the credits yet? So I was like, okay, cool. They already had had pumped up the um, speed of the kills from the first one in this one. Well, and then after, I don't know which version you have. Where did you, did you watch on Amazon? Yes. Okay, so after she hits her in the head with a log, does your version have where she cuts her tongue out? Yes, and it was awesome. Okay, okay. Because um, when that movie initially got rated, they could not get, get it past an X rating. They had to cut out so much stuff. Wow to get past the X rating to get the R rating. So, uh, apparently that's one of the things they cut out. They had to, you know, hit her in the head with the log, but then cutting out her tongue later was removed because it was too much for the MPAA. I thought it so, looked great. I liked the the smashing the log and I liked the uh it, it, she had just a when she fell down, she had a little sliver of tongue kind of hanging out of her mouth, which I'm guessing was uh, do you know what that was? Probably a gummy gum, yeah, something like a gummy worm and uh <laughs> something you bought from like a sugar factory. Yeah. Yeah, like a little like piece you're talking of, about this wax lips, yeah. wax. like a little piece of pink laffy taffy stuck out of her mouth. He's <laughs> <laughs> out there with a torch, like forming a laffy taffy in yeah. the shape of a tongue, just yeah. so she can cut off. But you can clearly see, like when Angela cuts it off at the knife, she has the the blood pack in her hand. In her hand so when yeah. she cuts, she squeezes it, and blood like falls into her mouth from yeah. an exterior source. I enjoy well, it. You know, though. Yeah, I I'm okay it. with it. Yeah, I'm okay with that because I know what kind of movie I'm getting into here. You right. know what I'm saying that's what I'm saying. That kind of started set the tone early for me on this one. Where I knew it was going to be a little bit different than the first one. It's one thing about Sleepaway Camp too is these movies are really the kills are just kind of goofy and mean. You know what I'm saying? There, there's a mixture of both, like over the top and just downright mean. Yeah, I, I thought that there was some in similar Sleepaway Camp one. I thought that a couple of them were really good and were were fun and and had me smiling. And there was a few that just they didn't go anywhere. And I wonder sometimes how they how they can make one so fun with so little money and just kind of fail. I guess maybe just rushing it, uh, trying to get, get through some of the kills. You just hit the nail on the head. So little money. Right. Yeah. Like I think you get, you got $400,000. This, you know, you got how many actors, how many extras, the location, lighting, the camera effects. And the lighting was great, man. You know, they actually talked about how they did the lighting and, you know, during the night scenes, they would put like a, a, uh, lift up with a light on it to make it, make sure it looks professional and whatnot. And the movie looks great. It it does look really good. Yeah. So as soon as Angela cuts uh, poor Phoebe's tongue out, uh, we get the credits. We get some great 80s hair metal, which you give, just gave us a slight sample of, which that and the end song, which I sent to you earlier yeah, on that it. text, 
those are the only two that really stuck out to me at all. The rest of the music in the background, I didn't even notice, man. So you said you picked up on the I bass did. at some point. Yeah, there was one a more scene, and it was it was kind of towards the end where they did rock out. It was just a lot of bass and a lot of uh, guitar riffs, kind of like that. But those, those, you're right. Those, and I, I found this credit sequence to be very boring and lackluster. We've seen some great ones even recently, but this one was just. White and black made, credits, literally value. like the credits, like made by some company out right. in Atlanta, Georgia, for probably ten bucks. Yeah, it was nothing to talk about. Like everything was like finished. The sound, the credits, everything, the title cards, everything was done in Atlanta, Georgia. So okay. they probably just found some company, you know, that does commercials and just hey, I just need titles. Yeah, nothing thing. fun here. This wasn't nothing to talk about. It, and we talked about it too. Like this movie barely makes it into a movie time frame. It's an hour nineteen and fifty three seconds. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and we're talking a good what probably three or four minutes of end credits, and maybe two and a half minutes of beginning credits. You could just say we're, maybe maybe an hour and ten to an hour and fifteen if we're being generous total. Yeah, and then I'll tell you some parts in there where I definitely think there was some filler put okay. in there. Yeah, okay. Because, uh, um, oh, somebody's opening the safe. <laughs> Did that come through? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what was I going to say? So apparently Robert Hiltzik, who did the first sleepaway camp, uh, he had written a way darker script, right? And uh, this for the sequel, producer Jerry Silva just wanted kind of a more comedic tone to the movie. So uh, at the time, Robert was going to law school and he needed the money. So he sold the rights to two and three to Jerry Silva and Michael Simpson so they could develop their own sequels. And that's exactly what they did, man. And I think the uh, the it was perfect timing because this is exactly what the, uh, the franchise needed. I think after the, the tone of the first one, lightening up it up just a little bit was exactly what it needed. I, and there are some pretty good jokes in this movie. Uh, yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm on the fence on that. And I, I'm going to wait until maybe after the, after we get through with our discussion to see if you change my mind. But I think that I preferred the tone of one to two in general. I'm not saying I didn't like to, I loved it, but I, I thought one felt a little deeper and it had a little more charm to it than two did. Two was very surface level, like more like fun. Uh, here's some quick kills. Here's some uh, stock characters. There's no depth to any of the characters where one, I think, had that. But I'm not sure that that's a bad or a good thing. I'm just saying between the two, I think I preferred the first one. But I'm, I'm still open to, to changing my mind. Sorry about that, but I was doing some research real fast because <laughs> I've got the writer's name. The right, the guy who wrote the movie is Michael Michael Hitchcock, right? And he wrote two and three. He used the pseudonym uh, Fritz something. I forget the, the the name, but that dude has actually written um, quite a few things. He did Problem Child three. He did Sleepaway Camp three, and he did this movie called Satan's School for Girls. I've heard it. I think I've seen cuts from that. I've heard we brought it up before. We had to have because that name is just so salacious. It's super familiar so too. Perfect. Uh, he's an actor. He's produced a ton of stuff, uh, and he also started out as a groundling, which is super wow. weird because there's all these characters that are coming out now that are groundlings right. that have done all this low budget B movie schlocky stuff. That's it's terrific, man. Yeah, it's great. Um, but you can definitely tell that it was a rush script. Like I don't know how much the guy was paid, but he was on the set for two while he was writing three. So it was a definite team effort, man. Yeah. Like to get something of this product out, everybody had to be firing on all cylinders. Which I think one of the girls from this movie uh, played in as this, or, uh, was in the movie as an actress, but also was the assistant to Mr. Simpson. And then Valerie Hartman, who played Allie, 
which I'll talk about her roles in part three later, and you can maybe help me figure out what her, one of her roles was on the set. Okay. okay? Um, but uh, after Angela kills Phoebe, we have a new day at Camp Rolling Hills, uh, and Angela goes to the girls' cabin, and she's waking up all the campers, and that's when we meet Allie with a very um, apropos intro with, for her, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if watching this movie, I'm t- I'm thinking we're about six or seven minutes into the film, and it, in my head, I've already seen a pretty cool death scene and some real unnecessary but rocking boobies. So I'm thinking this is this thing's going places. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, Allie is uh, as Angela wakes up all the campers. Allie wakes up and just shows all the girls are honkers. <laughs> Yeah, everybody else is in their normal uh, sleep sleeping gowns and t-shirts and whatnot, but for some reason she's completely uh, exposed and the other girls are staring at her boobs and you know she's like, "What? You never seen boobs before?" Which I I, I yeah, the, it was great. It was unnecessary, but it was definitely different than than that, part 1. The excess of the 80s, right? Yeah, but <laughs> part 1 had none of this. Sleepaway Camp 1, so I really hadn't expected it at this point. Well, I think right now, you know, Michael Simpson's trying to you know, hit on all those slasher tropes. Right, right. Right. And he even says during the, uh, during the commentary for the movie, like, Oh yeah, we had to have the boobs because that's what, you know, uh, everybody likes in these movies. And then uh, one of the moderators goes in Hollywood, we call that the tit shot. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the technical yeah. term for yeah. it? Or? Yeah. So, uh, at this point, like I said, I don't know who are camp counselors, who are campers, like what their role is. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting is they did had to have, child protective services on site on the because filming? you've got yeah on the on the set of the the movie because you've got kids that are school age kids that still need to go to school but then you have nudity and sexually mm, explicit together. activity right yeah so you have to make sure they're completely separate right right i could see that now thinking back yeah and i got a fun story for the pool scene later too okay, that, cool. you know they actually had to intervene and, and michael simpson was making fun of our government's you know at work with our dollars. And this is what they come up with. <laughs> nice. So, well, you do get to hear now too, Angela telling the campers because they're like, "Where's Phoebe?" And she's like, "Oh, I had to send her home. She got caught sneaking out, trying to hang out with the boys." So that kind of sets up Angela's mo for the rest of the movie as well. Oh yeah, like if somebody has a little moral value, they're going home. Right, right. So you see, you see now what she what she's targeting, but you can also see what she's her cover up for, for uh, the killings is going to be. Oh, I had to send them home because they weren't being good, and that you know, I guess that's important for the rest of the film. Could you imagine trying to doing that now, sending a kid home or showing my boobies? No, just <laughs> no, just like with cell phones and stuff, you would easily be able to check that story out in ten seconds. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I mean, she, later she does check it out with a phone. It just took a minute. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, whole different technology, whole different era. But right. now, like, well, I just texted Phoebe, and uh, you know, it shows her phone's pinging on, uh, you know, what is this stuff? My my F- son find uses my friends all his buddies. Whatever, yeah. Find my friends. It says she's out in the middle of the woods. Let me yeah. go to that abandoned cabin out there yeah, and see what's check up. This out. Yeah. Uh oh. Um, well, cell, you know what? In general, cell phones ruin every '80s movie pretty much because you couldn't put that technology into anything back then. It would ruin every plot to every movie. Oh, of course. And then a car that started on the first turn of the key. What? <laughs> yeah, right. Unheard of. We even, have some of. we even have some of those tropes in this movie where Angela tries to kill a couple people and her chainsaw won't start, so ah, she just kind of gives up. It's out of gas. Like, eh, yeah. eh, I'm done. Um, 
the the ladies are various tropes of 80s movies you've got the promiscuous one you've got the twin druggies and alcoholics you've got the bleach blonde chick who's dumb as a box of rocks Uh, and also you have the good girl which is Emilio Estevez's sister Renee. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that till my second watching, but once I read it, because like you said, I watched on Amazon, I saw that on the bottom of my Estevez, and looking at her face, man, she is the spitting image of Emilio Estevez, like profile wise, oh, yeah. same nose, yeah. same everything. It probably was just him with a wig. He yeah, just right. tried to uh, get another credit. Well, and I thought she was really good in the movie. I actually enjoyed Molly quite a bit. I thought she sold her role very well. She was very good as a good kid. Dude, she was in Heather's, Intruder. Uh, she played the underage hooker in Lethal Weapon. <laughs> really? Oh, interesting. Yeah, so, she, I mean, she had a career. I think she was up till the early, like, maybe early 90s, still acting. I don't know. I haven't yeah. seen anything recently with her in it. But she's probably in, I think, no, she's in the West Wing. She has a recurring role in the West Wing, too, whatever that show was. So she thing. did well for herself. And, and right, you know, that's good for her. And But don't forget, we also had the Tattletale. The, the one girl that kept, I'm going to tell Uncle Joe every time they did anything bad. She was funny. Angela did that too, man. She's she like, Uncle John's going to hear about this. Yeah. He's going to know what you guys have been doing. And Uncle John seemed like all he wanted to do was drink a beer have, with have Angela. Have a brewski. And just, <laughs> yeah, and fucking sit around and do nothing. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, uh, you know, Angela tells him I sent Phoebe home or whatever in a body bag. And, mm. uh, and uh, so... Of course, Angela counsels Allie on the uh, the need for covering up her tatas in the presence of everybody. But what's funny is uh, Allie says, "Well, who's going to see me anyway? I'm in the cabin, and that's when the tip patrol shows." <laughs> Glad you caught that. <laughs> he goes, she goes, "Who's going to see him anyway?" And they got these two kids. Like the only thing missing is like the overcoat, so they could sneak into the movie. Yeah, and the adult movie. little rascals. <laughs> Yeah. They're sitting on each other's shoulders and he's got his Polaroid taking a picture of all the nude girls in the cabin. Yeah. And as soon as she says that, he's like, the tit patrol, that's who. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the case. That was great. The other uh, chick, uh, the other chick uh, showed her showed her boobs too. What was it Mare, I guess? Yeah, Mare. In, in Defiance. Mare was kind of the hanger on. Like she was she was Allie's um she wanted to be the Allie, so she was kind of the hanger on, the the friend, you know. Whatever she does, she'll do too, just right. to be cool right. with the other kid. Um, the next scene, Angela is an enormous psychopathic kiss ass too. Like, boy, does she manipulate Uncle John and TC? Yeah, man. Well, she didn't she get tells, TC didn't get far. No, TC kind of saw through it earlier than Uncle John, but um, she talks to uh, Uncle John about sending Phoebe home, and he's like, "You got to tell me before you do this because obviously he's losing money every time a kid goes home." Right, right. And uh, that's when you get the kind of the the good kid moral themes, right? Because they're talking about you know we got to weed out these bad kids to make sure these good kids can have a good time. And I I, I just don't know if this camp can make it because I think everybody in this camp is a little shit. Yeah, <laughs> so, there wasn't too many except redeeming. for Molly. Molly, yeah, there's a couple redeeming. I guess Sean was kind of okay too. He didn't fall for the wiles of Allie, which I kind of thought he would. I figured that would be the um the the triangle would be Allie eventually seduces Sean, and then Molly might turn a little. Not bad, you know, but it didn't go that way. And we could have a, a, a psychopathic duo of Molly and Angela, like a scorned lover and a, a whatever Angela's issue. Yeah, I think I think you're you're writing in more than a hour and sixteen minutes worth of crap right there. So that ain't gonna fly in this one. That's not gonna work yeah. at all. Uh, but dude, I I was thinking this throughout the entire movie. This movie is Scream before Scream came out because they're going through all the slasher movie tropes. They are. You know, drug use, drinking, fornicating, you know, just being a terrible person. All of those are punishable by death, which was kind of what the scream rules were 
when that movie came out. Right. But, done, you know, written a little bit uh, more professionally. A little cleaner. Yeah. Maybe. A little cleaner. A little tighter script. Yeah, a little tighter. Tighter script. Um, uh, then we get to breakfast. Hang on one second. And then we get to breakfast, and Allie and the other kids make fun of the, uh, that's when we're introduced to the shit sisters, they call them. They're actually the Schultz sisters, uh, but Allie has coined the term shit sisters, and they're always high and drunk. And they're twins, right? Brooke uh, and Judy. If they were, I didn't catch that. They're, they're, um, they're body fodder for the movie. They're, they're the, uh, like you said, Allie's the promiscuous one. These are the druggy ones. It's hitting every mark you need to for the, the bad kids to get knocked off. So that was their role in here was pretty much we're drunk and high the whole time. So we're not going to live long. Right. And that, those were played by Carol Chambers and Amy Fields. And Carol Chambers was also the assistant to Michael Simpson during the uh, production of this movie. Yeah, so, so they were all everybody's wearing many hands, yeah, yeah. many hands. Uh, and then we get more Molly good girl talk where she's like, Angela's not so bad and quit making fun of the girls. And, you know, she has that very innocent face to her too. And the way she cut her hair and the way yeah. she dressed was very conservative. Um, and then they ask her if she gets stoned and she's like, no, of course not. So now we know she doesn't do drugs. Right. She doesn't drink. She's not promiscuous. So, um, and she defends Angela when everybody's talking shit. Um, so we know that. Clearly, she's going to be invited on stage to sing the Happy Camper song with Angela with Allie in about five minutes. Yeah. Because Angela wins Counselor of the Week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the criteria was for it, but I guess she nailed it. I guess, man, because uh, the only thing she's done so far is kill a camper. Yeah, if that <laughs> was the criteria, she definitely won, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, like, we don't even know how long this camp has been open. Is this week one, week two, day one, day two? It's just like we're thrown right into the mix. You know? I, I kind of took yeah, it as yeah. the first as the first uh, couple of days, just on the way everyone was acting and showing people around, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like, a little early for an award. Yeah, yeah. I mean, little, she little, said counselor of the week, so if she's been there a week, then we're a weekend. So. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's it. That's the max you're getting. <laughs> well, and then she says at one point, like, just four days ago, he gave me counselor of the week, and now he's firing me. Spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, so time flies at this camp. Yeah. Uh, then we get the scene where TC kind of flirts with Angela. Yeah. He's trying to make a connection. She was definitely not having it. Uh, but that's, that's a throwback to sleepaway camp one, I guess, with all the guys hitting on Angela. So I, that, you know, I get it, but he wasn't, over, he wasn't being gross or uh, lewd about it. I thought he was more like, Hey, we're two adults. We're the counselors. Do you want to hang out? I didn't th see him as like a bad enough guy that, that he deserved a killing or anything. No. Well, one thing I noticed too, is like, listen to the audio commentary with the director and the writer. There's definitely subtext there because Angela is a female that was a male. So whenever TC hits on her, she's upset about it. But if you notice, whenever Angela is in a pile of girls, she's always smiling. Giggling, ear to ear. Yeah, giggling her ass off. Yeah. <laughs> so she definitely has, the, the writer even said so, like she definitely has the male aspect of her sexuality in there. Right. <laughs> so that's supposed to be a gentle nod, but it, you know, it's pretty overt. Right. Yeah. And uh, TC's pickup line is like, hey, you should hit the pool. Oh, no, I'm good. And he says, you really need to work on your tan. I don't know if that works with yeah, the Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that didn't work so good. Like, you need to smile more. That It doesn't fly so well. Yeah, but I like, think he also offers her, like, a piece of gum, and she's like, oh, no, I don't eat green gum. Like, <laughs> Now, if this was Sleepaway Camp 1, that dude would have been all over, because pretty much every guy in Sleepaway Camp 1 was a complete asshole and a lech. You know, every one of them. But yeah, the, oh, yeah. and, so they didn't, they didn't um, carbon copy that from the first one. He was set up as kind of a good guy, too, I'd say. I'd say he started out as a good guy, but he, he was a little overbearing later. Like the firing, he was pretty harsh with 
Like going from flirting to her to basically tell, telling her she's terrible? Yeah, he didn't get what he wanted. So just like, ah, that is kind of like one. The guys that didn't get what they wanted, they flipped pretty quick. Yeah, pretty quick. So then we head down to the algae-filled pool yeah. where uh, all the kids are engaging in sexy shenanigans and flirting with each other and showing off the goods, if you know what I'm talking about, because Allie does not care at all. Yeah, she. so at this point, they're setting up that Molly really likes Sean, I'm pretty sure. And they're making a connection. And they're making a they're connection. sitting on their beach beach towels and they're talking on right. the side of the pool and he's talking about his personal life and she's talking about her family no, so it's no, a little no. bit more he's talking about how his dad's a cop for the fifth time already that's the yeah. only but conversation she about, <laughs> she talked about her family she did right. say i have six siblings or whatever so they're getting past the the superficial like you know they're talking about their family and their future and their history and stuff so they're getting pretty serious right right but the, the issue is that ali sees Allie wants Sean because just like every, I mean, she's the chick that basically every dude wants, but she wants the one dude that's not giving her attention. Sean is kind of digging Molly. A lesson for all you guys out there just starting dating. Right. Just ignore them. Yeah. But that's, I mean, if I, if, yeah, if 80s has taught me anything, it's that. So. Just completely ignore the girl and she'll yeah. want you like crazy. So. Yeah. So anytime Molly and Sean are having a good time, Allie definitely is trying to get right in the middle of it. And uh, hey man, she did a great job getting in the middle of this one. So basically, she has Rob throw her in the pool with a white T-shirt on and nothing else. And so she swims to the other side of the pool where Sean and Molly are talking. And she gets out and Sean looks at her like she's got a dick grown out of her forehead <laughs> and looks over to Allie or Molly and says, you want to go get something to drink? And it totally blows her off, which, of course, ruins her self-esteem. Uh, but did you catch the line from the boys? Uh, yeah, the, the, the good set of party hats or something. <laughs> so funny. So, one of the kids says, it's like the small group of like actual kids swimming in the pool. And he goes, hey, Emilio, party hats at 2 o'clock. <laughs> I kept thinking that every time you said they have to wear multiple hats in this movie, I kept thinking of that line. Party, party <laughs> yeah, party hats. hats. Yeah. So yeah. the original line was, hey, Emilio, nips at 2 o'clock. Nice, nice. And the CPS said no child under 18 could say that word. And he's like, nips? <laughs> I think nipple was like a... a uh, uh, the proper anato- the term in it, anatomy, isn't it? So he goes, a government agency that your taxpayer dollars funded made me change the word nips to party hats for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he said they worked for like two days to try and figure out a suitable oh, line for that kid. Because <laughs> no. that youngster's getting his SAG card no matter what. I promise this, folks, because oh, they gave God. me $50,000 for the movie. <laughs> Bureaucracy at its best, right here, is what we're looking at. He's got to say something, or I'm going to lose my 50 grand for this movie. Oh my God. Okay, so I want to go ahead and ask you did you notice any anything about the names? Uh, yeah, I caught, but not on the first watch, but I caught that the the two, uh, the Tit Patrol was Charlie and Emilio, which is obviously, I would think, Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez, the, the, her real life right. brothers. Yep. Okay, and I put Phoebe, that together on the second one. Phoebe, Phoebe Cates. Oh, no, I didn't Molly, put that one together. Okay. Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald. Sean, who would Sean be, be? Sean, I don't know. Pin? But the others were actors' names. Was No, no, they were real persons. No, yeah, Sean Penn. Okay. Allie? Allie Sheedy? Yep. And Uncle John, who would that be? This is a good one because this ties John. it all together. Uncle John. Uh, go ahead, give it to me. I can't. 
Uncle John would be John Hughes. The, oh, John uh, Hughes. The uncle, yep. The guy created. who created the Brat Perfect. Pack, which all these names are people from the Brat Pack, Perfect. basically. Yeah. Like 80s actors, Brat Pack kids, people in John Hughes movies. That's what they're going for. Great. So for the rest of the show, whenever we introduce a new character, I'm going to test you to see if you recognize the name with the the actual actor. Cool. Okay, okay good. Yes. And then after that whole scene uh, plays out, Angela is out stalking in her boots and white socks, which drives me nuts, man. That did wearing white after Labor Day or something? Yeah, like you're at fall time. You got to go to browns yeah. and darker, <laughs> darker tone, white sock. So, uh, Angela is played this time not by Felissa Rose, but she was played by Pamela Springsteen, who is the sister of Bruce Springsteen. Right, crazy, huh? So, Felissa Rose, I guess, auditioned for the role, uh, but she didn't really have the comedic timing that they wanted for you know the new Angela, and she was going to college anyway. So she was like, whatever. Yeah. Like they just. And then I think one of the girls who ended up getting a role in part three had actually auditioned for Angela too, but they said like they auditioned in Georgia, New York and LA and, uh, Pamela Springsteen was like the last person, um, to audition for the role and got it. I mean, looking back to, I'm guessing at that point of time in time, uh, Felissa Rose had no idea how iconic or, uh, how much of a cult classic this would end up being. So maybe it wasn't that big of a deal to her at the time to, you know, go about her life and do something different. So I could totally see her not, not just doing something different. But like, if you notice today, if you go to any horror convention, like Felissa Rose is going to be there based on that one role from yeah. sleepaway camp. She's right? making that face. But I've yeah. never, I've never seen Pamela Springsteen do anything right, in right. the years I've been going to conventions. Uh, I sent you that website link. I guess she's very, very well known in the world of photography. And if you go to her website, Pamela Springsteen.com, her pictures are absolutely They're gorgeous. They're great. I looked through them too. She's an excellent phot- photographer. Yes. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous, man. So, uh, a lot of like celebrity pictures in there. So, clearly, people in the industry know about her too. Yeah, I mean, she probably has a bit of an in being her brother, who he is too. So, well, yeah, and I saw some of the pictures were actually of Bruce Springsteen. Right. So, yeah, you know, getting that job. So, um, at this point, she stumbled. Now, this this was a an editing continuity error that drove me nuts. So maybe you can help me work through it. So she stumbles upon the shit sisters being naughty, 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 and they're basically doing like, um, uh, they're drinking. One's drinking. One of them's smoking a doobie. They're doing like an X rated Weird Al parody of the Happy Camper song. Yeah. And then uh, Angela just walks away. Yeah, and, and I think when she and comes we back, the they're having day, sex or something, right? What's that? Didn't she come back and they were like, had a guy there? I, I didn't understand well, he, that either. So here's, even even Michael Simpson said, oh, that was a problem. Okay. So she sees the sisters getting drunk and getting high and then she leaves. And then it's like the next day and she walks past TC and she's like, have you seen the show sisters? And he goes, no, I haven't been looking for them though. And so then she stumbles upon them uh, again. One of them's passed out and the other one's making out with a boy. Yeah. And he wasn't and one of the regular she, campers either. He was an unknown, wasn't he? I have no idea who that guy was. Yeah. I'd never seen him before in my life. He was a complete stranger. So he, uh, Angela scares her off, and then um, then they get baked, basically. But how, what happened between the time she scared the guy off and then one of the Schultz sisters woke, woke up, and her sister's already been burned up. Her sister's a burnt-out corpse. And then Angela's dousing her with booze and gasoline. But... How did she get him to right. that point? It was, it was very disjointed scene. I agree. The one sister was already passed out. The second sister, I think, passed out when the guy left, and then she woke her up by pouring the, the alcohol on her. But by the time she's pouring the alcohol on her, she's already sitting on like a, basically a barbecue rack. 
Like she's sitting in a fire and she's pit. She's already burned her sister alive, sister's, like two feet away from her. Not only that, the sister's still sitting in the same position on another log she was sitting on. <laughs> like they moved her in the same seated position, but she's a burnt out. Is a kind of a cool skeleton, really. It was a big black charred up skeleton. Uh, yeah. It was very disjointed scene too, because I didn't, I didn't even understand the first time I watched it that they had moved to another location. So I was like, wait, because the one's still sitting next to her, the one's still laying down, but now there's a cabin here. So I, I, it took me a minute to even figure out that she had moved them. How far away is that abandoned camp cabin area either? Because these people are screaming for their lives yeah. and nobody at camp hears this I th- at all. I think it, uh, towards the end, they say it's about a mile away when they go looking for from, from the thing. They do mention it, it at it, some it, point. It, 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 they do a really bad job because like Molly's like, I'm going to go to that old abandoned cabin. And then like two seconds later, she's, she's there. Right, right. So there's no passage of time. So you really don't understand how far or how close it actually right. is. But that chick screamed like crazy. And then we got a Kruger quip, I like to call him. Because she says, uh, say no to drugs, and then yeah. throws the uh, unlit match onto her. And it yeah, I could I could have done without most of her after her. I'm going to put quotes when I say one-liners. I'm gonna, I am I didn't enjoy, I don't think, any of them. None of them worked on me. But do you think that that was a a product of all of the uh, success and popu- popularity of like Dream Warriors? That's and that's shit exactly like that. what it is, what I blame for all that crap, yeah. Welcome to prime time. <laughs> and like I, like I was saying earlier, I think that tone shift was not a good tone shift for me. I preferred the tone of of one, a little deeper, a little more mysterious, not so surface level. Um, I had fun with this one. It's a fun movie, but it didn't have it's the charm. It didn't have the charm. They're as like one. two different genres, right? Completely. Like a hardcore slasher with like a crazy twist ending. And then you have this one, which has crazy kills, all the stock characters from... 80 slashes, right. but they're actually making fun of it while they're doing it. Right, very surface level. The other one had some depth. This is very surface level. Right. Um, so, okay, uh, Brooke, one of the Schultz sisters. Okay, so who would her celebrity counterpart be? Uh, Brooke Shields? Yep. All right, cool. And then Jody, who would her counterpart be? Jody Foster? Yep. All right. All right, there we go, buddy. Total guesses. Uh, and then... Uh, at this point, I think Angela pulls the wool over Uncle John's eyes because she says she sent the Schultz sisters home. And he's like, man, we're, you know, this ship's sinking. We're losing all our campers, which is all our revenue. And he's he's like, you can't be doing that unless you tell me or TC. And she's like, like I'm doing right now. Yeah, right. And he's like, oh. You got me there. Oh, that's, a good <laughs> point. that's a good point. You did just tell me about it. So I guess I. Uh, it, it wasn't a good uh, point, though, because on the second watch, he said, you should tell me before you do it, not after you do it so she did and not, she's like like yeah. i'm doing right now and he'd be like no idiot yeah, like before you, tell me before you yeah. do it but he did give almost a, a body count of like well you know third you know 34 down 30 to go <laughs> he almost gave like here's how many more people you got to kill before this camp closes listen 37 more victims and you're yeah. free to do whatever yeah, we're you all want. out of here yeah <laughs> uh and then we get a revenge of the nerds panty race <laughs> oh my god we sure do Who's out there? It's just us. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody's here. <laughs> Panty red. Oh. And he even did like, you know what he did? He did like the Kermit the Frog waving his arms like, Panty red. Like he raised his hands <laughs> he above did, his he head. Raised, <laughs> no, <laughs> Panty red. Like Kermit running back and forth across the screen. Oh, it was funny. Uh, which, we did get some cool 80s party music that almost Definitely. sounded like, just the instrumental for Wild Wild West, but they yeah. couldn't afford it, so they just. <laughs> but dude, really, like, do you uh, do you really want to examine the panties at a place with no washer and dryer or like Febreze laying around? I'm thinking not. 
I think those are best. Like- those are best left where they're at, <laughs> unexplored. <laughs> Don't go in that panty drawer. Those are from last week. Yeah, because a couple like, of oh. couple of them ran like to the bathroom in the back and came out with stuff. I was like, bad news in there, buddy. Bad news. Uh, uh, we need a price check on sourdough. We yeah. got a full on fallopian fungus. <laughs> All I'm saying is you don't want to inspect those too deep, man. You don't you don't know what you're getting into. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's probably not a lot of hygiene out there. No. Um, but Angela Boner kills again, man. She is the oh, she totally master is. of showing up at the wrong place at the wrong time. Totally. Oh, I hear somebody. I some. I hear somebody about to get boned. Must yeah. must intervene. Yep. I hear I hear Allie's boobs flopping out somewhere. I got to get in there. <laughs> she hears the audible boy yoing yoing. She's like what? <laughs> 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 that was actually that was actually the boys' trousers. <laughs> or you got the noise from like the the uh, balloons from Kentucky Fried Movie of the boobs up against. <laughs> oh, somebody's being fondled. Here's a cut of Angela when, when she's outside the cabin. Boobs. <laughs> she rolls in mad. Oh, that's good. Uh, she is the ultimate morality police, man. Oh my god, that guy. She's a, I think she's got Sharia law in this entire camp. <laughs> that guy waving his arms around like Kermit had me rolling, man. I couldn't stop laughing. Oh. It took her forever because like, she gets the initial group of boys out and she looks over and Sean's trying to basically crawl in bed with Renee. <laughs> with uh, Molly. Molly. And then there's the guy that comes out of the, the shitter. He's probably trying to get like fecal samples or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. They're just grabbing everything out of there. Oh, it's horrible. So. Uh, and the, then, like I said, the dumb blonde, she's like, hey, guys, I know we just got in serious trouble for this, but how about we plan a jock strap raid? Yeah, let's yeah, get yeah, them yeah. back by stealing their jock. Hey, another article of clothing I wouldn't be ex- inspecting too deep. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, of the, one of the guys that came out of the back, out of the room, he had the panties on his head. He was wearing it like a turban. <laughs> no. He also got pink eye, too. Later <laughs> on. They, they, they didn't show up at the infirmary with a big old uh, pussy eye. Oh, it's horrible. Uh, uh, <laughs> that was good. That was good. So, but I thought what was neat is when the girls actually do the jockstrap raid, TC comes out like all disheveled, like, just let me know when you're done. Yeah, TC was, <laughs> so he was cool. He, he, yeah, he shows like, you know, the way most camps, camp counselors handle those situations. They're just like, oh, kids will be kids, where Angela has to go in and scorched earth the entire thing. right <laughs> it was necessary though to show her extremism i think that was cool and it also sets him up as like ah this dude's a he's a veteran uh he's seen it all before no big deal yeah so it was fine it worked out he gets an extra inch of mullet every year he works on <laughs> one so fierce, this is like his fifth year <laughs> fierce mullet <laughs> so tc what do you think about that name was that the name of one of the dudes on 90210 or something Tom Cruise. Oh, Tom Cruise. There you go. Good. I guess they felt like he was a little too too big to actually use right, his right. name. <laughs> They're like, eh, we don't want any of that trouble. Do. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I thought I thought that um, Springsteen's sister, the Angela in this movie, I thought she resembled a young uh, Shelley Duvall a little bit. Could you see that? Oh yeah, her? I could see that. Okay. She could be in The Shining. Yeah, yeah I saw absolutely. that. Absolutely. Okay. The eyes. It's in the eyes. It's, it is. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you know, during the jockstrap raid, Mayor decides to show off her assets and then yeah. exactly at the same time angela shows up yeah and, and according to um michael simpson the kids all had the most fun with the panty raid scenes and he was like well who wouldn't you've yeah. got chicks showing uh, off uh, their uh, boobs uh, and uh, half naked chicks jumping on your back and you're playing with their panties and stuff like, 
Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course they would like that. <laughs> uh, uh, so at this point, Mayor, uh, she's had enough of this camp and she's ready to go home. So uh, one thing you notice about Angela, and they did talk about this in the commentary, <laughs> is that um, Angela does give people a chance to atone for their sins, right? Because when she's got Mayor in the car, she's basically begging her to apologize right. for her actions so she can come back to camp. And Mayor's like, first off, she calls her Mary. And she's like, my name's not Mayor, Mary, it's Mayor. Which, name the celebrity that name corresponds with. I'll wait. Mayor? No clue. Mayor Winningham. And nope. I have no, literally, I have no idea who that is. Yeah. Mary's a prettier name than Mayor. She should just call him Mary. Yeah. But Mayor I mean, runs a horse. So, Mayor was played by Susan Marie Snyder, who has 115 episodes of As the World Turns. Wow. So, she went on to uh, what is it, that soap opera stardom. Yeah. she. I mean, dude, you're probably making money, steady money on those yeah. gigs. Good for her. So, anyway, so once Mayor refuses to um, apologize for her past actions, uh, she gets drilled by Angela. Literally drilled. Literally drilled. Angela reaches in the back. What are you looking for? A gun? No, a drill. Do 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 do. Anyone else, dude? Oh, I don't get the punchline, but uh, do I have okay. something for that? Let me. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, one of the guys um, that worked on the special effects for this movie, his name's Dick Cross. Dude, that guy, uh, he's done. Die Hard, Child's Play, Speed 2 Cruise Control. Wow, dude. <laughs> but so there was an, actually another really good special effects guy I'll talk about later on this movie, but one of those two used his car for this scene, and the blood sprayed so much in the car that when he would be driving around a couple days later, blood would be splatting on his head. Oh, my God. he's driving nice. around. Nice. Yeah, talk about dedication to craft. Because the scene really wasn't shit. that... It was an off-screen kill, like like a majority of these kills, or you know, like I've been complaining about lately. But I didn't see that scene as like so bloody or crazy that it would go that far. But I guess there's a lot going on that doesn't make it to the film. That doesn't well, make it to the, the screen. One of the things he did talk about, he says that a lot of the stuff that they did cut for the MPAA, um, they just got rid of it. He goes, I, I don't know why. I didn't save that stuff because I could have put it on this Blu-ray yeah. version cut. to have all the director's cut. He goes, it's just the biggest mistake I've ever made because wow. all the stuff they cut from two and three, they totally got rid of. So there is a lot of footage out there that is far more graphic. Yeah, dude, I've saved all your pre-show farts and I'm putting them together in a file for the later, the later, the, the, cut. the extended, Supercut. the extended house cut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mom's going to be so proud. Yeah. Um, so the next morning at breakfast again, TC has a large announcement. Uh, a lot of things are missing. Uh, some innocuous stuff like panties, bras, jock straps, and various instruments of death. Yeah, and then the important stuff. Let's see, some rope, a chainsaw, a knife, a battery, a drill. Uh, my battery for my, my car. Battery for my like, car. So yeah. like all this innocuous stuff that you, you saw get taken the night before and then all very dangerous items for you know a camper to possess. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was uh, kind of clue. It was like uh, Angela did it in the cabin with the car battery. It was pretty much giving you it's <laughs> giving you the location and the weapon pre, you know, ahead of time for you to figure out. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Angela kills Tom Cruise in the abandoned cabin with the candlestick. Ding, 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 ding. There it is. Yeah, <laughs> I won. Yep. You got it. Um, the rope so anyway. was used to tie up the campers later. The The drill was used in the previous scene, which is out of order. But yeah, but it, you know what? It's okay. It gives you a little... Uh, uh, preview of what's to come 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, all of those are about to be used in some fashion. Yeah. Except for the rope. I don't think the rope was used. Oh, no, no. She used the rope to tie up their um, hands in the cabin. Remember, they end up escaping. Oh, yeah. Rope, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's not the best rope to tie somebody up with. Nah, it's a nylon, nylon strap. stuff. Yeah, it's you horrible. can just right out of that shit. shit. Yeah. So you do have the heart to heart. Well, you know, uh, Angela goes up to her kill cabin. Molly follows her up, unbeknownst to her that there's a cabin filled with dead bodies right next to him. Uh, Angela's singing Kumbaya, so you get more of that, you know, Christian religious aspect to her character. Uh, she counsels Molly on her, you know, flirting with Sean. You know, what was the quote from her aunt? If you're uh, always moral, you'll always be right. And like, wow, that's so deep. It was actually my life lesson for the show. I'll give it to you now. It's keep your morals strong. You'll never go wrong. Mm, yep. Very, very deep words. But it instantly makes Molly happy. So she's like, oh, I don't have to put out. Cool. All right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. All right. Um, and then they cut to some arts and crafts where they had a lot of extras I had never seen before in the movie walking around. Um, they're doing the blindfold game where they put the they blindfold the campers and put their hands in like goop. Like this is, you know, homeless person eyeballs and this is, you know, go for guts. And then it gets to Angela's and she's like, it's teenage brains. Right. And the the counselor, other counselors like, really, what do you got in there? And Angela's like, it's teenage brains. <laughs> and then at the table next to him, there's like three 30 year old men playing with um, glitter and stick paste and uh, and like uh, scissors and crepe paper, which was a really <laughs> odd look. You know why they're there is they're they're creating their um, tools they're going to utilize later to scare Angela. They right. are making the Jason Voorhees mask and a Freddy Krueger glove. Right. I was I was actually kind of surprised that they they added that like exact. I wouldn't say blatantly, but they put the actual character in this movie. I was a little surprised. Not that it means anything. Dude, I just how like, wow. you get away with that, yeah. man? Because they they're not trying to. You know, it's not um, Mason Dorf. Fees, yeah, right. or you know, <laughs> uh, Schmitty <laughs> They're basically like he's got the hat, he's got the face, he's got the glove. Jason's yeah. got the machete and the ma the hockey yeah. mask, which you know I, we've seen. Uh, I think even on the cover of this movie, they have a chick that's not Angela with a backpack with the Freddy glove and the yeah. Jason mask hanging on. So they use it for advertising. Right. I was really surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those two fellas. Are Anthony and Judd? So Anthony would be. Uh, let's see, that's that's uh, Anthony Anthony Michael Hall. Okay, and Judd. And Judd would be Judd. Is it is his last name Nelson? Judd Nelson. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Nice. So, um, man, that's a really cool. I didn't. I I only put together the brothers. That's really cool that they did it for the. They kept the theme. Is that's neat. It's funny too because uh, Renee Estevez didn't even catch up to that until her second reading of the script, and she's like. Emilio and Charlie, <laughs> my brother's Dim's name. My brother's. She started catching. Yeah, she started catching on the other names. She's like, oh, all right, makes yeah, sense. That's good. So, um, I, I put down the Titty Patrol gets pulled off the streets faster than the Rampart Crash Team. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> because Angela, for some reason, they can't just quietly look at their pictures of naked breasts. They have to comment on it, like they're, um, you know, uh, John Madden. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Look at this picture. Yeah. This picture has Allie in her most exposed position yet yeah. with her breast. And so Angela hears them and goes inside and busts them looking at the pictures. So uh, immediately they're on the naughty list at this point. And one of the pictures was Angela in her bra. So that, that really set her off. Yeah. And that was another 
conscientious decision by the writer director because you don't know if she's had the surgery, the top surgery or not. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. So you don't know if they're real boobs. So uh, at that point, TC warns Angela that she's going to have a uh, sneak attack where the boys are going to try and scare her. And um, I, I again, how did they not get copyrighted for using those two characters? I, because know. literally, they look just like. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I didn't know that it mattered. Like, it, would it get you in trouble or not? But I was surprised. So the two boys are out fumbling around the woods. Uh, the one kid, whoever Freddy Krueger is, he drops his glove. Uh, Jason, I don't know if it's, I think Jason is Judd. Uh, he tells him, I'm going to go piss. When I come back, you better have that glove so we can go take care of our business. And then the silliest setup for a kill I've ever seen. It looks like something I would have done when I was 14 years old making a horror movie. Uh, basically ha- Angela's hiding behind a stump of a tree that has fallen and it's about a foot in diameter, maybe, maybe And all she's got is the gloved hand hanging out over the top of the tree and the kid comes in and I don't know if he's like, uh, Velma and that, can't see without that's what her I wrote glasses. Down. That's exactly what I wrote down. I wrote, he's looking like Velma in her fucking glasses. He's on his, <laughs> he's like nose is touching the dirt as he's crawling around looking for it. <laughs> looking for this brown glove in the, in the leaves. And he's like, Hey, where did you find my glove? And she slices his throat. And that was probably the best it, special effect in the entire movie. It was, it was very uh, reminiscent of like the very first ever kill of Friday the 13th in the, um, in the woods, right? When they slide, do that little, uh, that little neck slice and then the blood comes out. Yep. But this, this was probably, it's a very small effect. This isn't no big gush or nothing, but it was a very well done uh, effect. I liked it. Looked great. Yeah. So uh, that's Anthony down. And um, I'm trying to think what happens next. Uh, then she takes oh, the machete guys next. Point, well, yeah. And then we realize we're in a film at a different era because um, Judd comes around looking for his buddy and he says, Hey, where are you at faggot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little unnecessary, uh, yeah, but yes. <laughs> they actually talked about that, and they were like, well, you know, if you consider, like, the character's um, motivation for saying it, it's like, <laughs> mm. talk mm. about film school speak. Like, I mean, that used to be something that happened in the 80s all the time, but you're definitely not saying that anymore. No, that doesn't movies. apply. But I think even in the 80s, it wouldn't have struck me as like, wow, you shouldn't have said that. So I think we're just looking at it from a different uh, decade is all. Right, of course. Yeah, I'm not approved by any stretch of imagination, but it's just, you know, when you talk about things like Blazing Saddles or um, shit, even Revenge of the Nerds, would yeah. they have been made today? Probably not. Probably right? not, right. And, and, and it stuns you a little now because you haven't seen it in a while either, unless you're really watching a lot of old movies. Right, that's true. Uh, I thought in a cool like throwback. Uh, so just so everybody knows, this was actually the first time that Freddie and Jason were on on screen together. Well, wait, what about, Fre- about Freddie versus Jason? Yeah, so this is the first time, not the last first time. time f- first time Freddie and Jason have been on screen together. But then you get the trifecta because Angela is literally wearing Anthony's face like a mask yep. and has a chainsaw. Yep. So now we have leather, leather face, face too, enters so. the scene. Yeah. yeah. We have Freddie versus J or with, Freddie with Jason versus Leatherface. Yeah. So uh, she cuts his leg, which is a little cool little blood blood squib. Mm, that one and I then, didn't like, uh, but yeah. Then she basically guts him with a chainsaw, but we see none of yeah, it. Yeah, that one wasn't uh, even close to as good as the neck, I didn't think. And you know, what, just thinking back now too, when I was watching it uh, the other day, when he does use that word that we were just spoken about, uh, my 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 littlest one Ben was in the room, and I I did a quick look over to see if he was paying attention. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how that's how stunning it was when I heard it. Thinking back of like I was like, oh shit, I hope he didn't pick up on that because that's not something I think he's probably ever heard. Um, which yeah, again you don't in the eighties, throwing that around. Yeah, out there. you heard that on the playground about I don't know seven times a minute on the you know back in the eighties. Huh. So 
<laughs> I won't talk about the stuff we played at Boy Scouts. Jesus. Uh. Um, so, um, what's great is so like she kills Anthony, wears his face like a mask, then kills Judd with a chainsaw, then goes to the camp with Allie and Molly and everybody. And I don't know if you noticed this, but Molly actually touched Anthony's face to take it off of Angela. Did she? Yeah, so Angela comes into the camp. Oh, yeah, because she pulls it off. Like, oh, she Angela, how funny. And they kind of tackle right, her. Right. And then Molly grabs the Eww. mask, Anthony's face, and pulls <laughs> it off of Angela's face. Right, because they think the boys are coming to scare them, but they didn't know that Angela did the uh, did the old switcheroo on them. So uh, they tackle her, thinking it's one of the boys. And then they, they and then she actually gets some street cred, because they're like, well, we didn't think you had it in you, Angela. Like, now she's cool. She's laughing with the girls. Uh, you know, so they, they, they think she went up a notch at that point in their eyes. Want a couple of cool points for yeah, that? I think so. Um, and then in a scene reminiscent of my first sexual encounter, Allie and Rob clumsily fondle oh and God. trip all over each other in the bathroom Holy as it goes down. Cow, on, bro. Dude, he went down on her belly button. <laughs> dude, that was the most frantic toilet sex. It was it was as bad as showgirls. It was showgirls bad sex in my book. Except they put it in an icky ass banyos, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, bro! It was that was hard to watch because it was so. It, it almost looked like they were fighting, I guess. But yeah, that it was, was funny too because during the audio commentary, like the director and the writer, are like put your head down further, Rob, because he's like he's definitely munching out her belly. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, he's trying not to get down any further because there ain't no Febreze on that set. I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> He was part of the panty raid. He did not want any piece of what was going on over there. <laughs> now, I mean, my so, guess would be a just uncomfortable actor, right? It would be my yeah. guess. Well, pretty much all of them. It was their first role ever. Right. So, yeah. like, and now he's got to make out with this chick. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So Rob obviously is Rob. Uh, a zombie. <laughs> Schneider. Hold on, hold on. No, I'll get it. I'll get it. Yeah, it's Rob Lowe. There we go. Rob, Rob Zombie. Rob thing. Schneider. Um, but then, uh, you know, um, basically, Angela prevents a baby from being conceived because she Again. ruins the sex. <laughs> Again, yeah. They can't get anywhere, man. Yeah. Um, and then at this point, I think Allie. So Allie comes out of the bathroom. Obviously, she's sexually frustrated. She makes fun of Angela's blood looking like ketchup. Boy, does she know. Boy, she wrong. Uh, boy, she wrong, yeah. And uh, then we get another scene where Allie confronts Molly and basically says, um, you know, Sean's a terrible lay, and, uh, you know, I hate you, which hurts her feelings. So Allie was played by Valerie Hartman, uh, who was also the assistant to Mr. Simpson on part three, but another credit on IMDb for part three is she was the raccoon wrangler. Oh, nice. What does that mean? Oh, that's pretty good. The raccoon. So there, I'm guessing there's some raccoon kills in part three. I haven't seen it. I have no idea, but yeah. Uh, assistant to Mr. Simpson and the raccoon wrangler. That's a pretty good And what's credit. great. So you know how she dies later, right? Allie? Oh yeah. I know yeah, she dies. Yeah. What's cool about her is she's such a badass. That's her picture on her IMDb profile. Oh, that's awesome. So she embraced <laughs> it. She embraced it. Oh yeah. She's like, I'm all in on that yeah, shit. That's so. great. Um, uh, Allie finally catches up to Rob, uh, for a right and proper wienerin, and, uh, that's when she gets caught by Angela again. Uh, Rob, Rob is just having the worst of luck with this, with this business. <laughs> does, does, does she? I don't know. No, she doesn't get caught. She actually finishes. Oh, the they, no, they, they do finish. You're right. Yeah, they, yeah, do, they do. Yeah. Cause she's like, she, she, uh, does her post coitus, uh, sexual questionnaire. You ain't got AIDS or nothing. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
It was almost like Jody in the first one, like, that wasn't so bad now, was it? <laughs> She's like, I think she forced it, up, forced it upon him. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like a male fantasy man. Hey, have you ever had sex in the woods? Hell no, I don't go to the woods. Dude, it's the worst, man. You got like leaves and sticks up your ass. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, you, no just, you, you think like sex on the beach is great. Everybody thinks like, no, it's not okay. Nah, hell no. I don't, I don't want to go especially, to the beach either. Especially with unwashed, unwashed crotches. <laughs> Yowzers. Yeah. Um, so she asked the post-coitus sex questionnaire and gets a uh, positive or negative test of no AIDS, according good, to Good, good enough for her, apparently, yeah. Yeah, and then she gets back to her cabin, and there's a note from Sean that says, "Meet me in the abandoned cabin." And um, she didn't even got She didn't even take a whole bath, bro. She went straight. She didn't even put perfume down there, like no wafting. I didn't, I didn't no, see like, any change of underpants. I saw no like uh, towelettes or anything, moist towelettes in the bathroom. Nothing. She went straight from sex with one dude. Actually, she did change her headband. I think she changed her headband. I don't know yeah, what good that's going to She did up her hair a little yeah. bit to get ready for a round two. But she was ready to go again, man, right away. Where were these girls when I was at camp? Yeah. <laughs> that's how you know this was written by dudes, as a matter of fact. Yep, yeah. 100%. 100%. Uh, and surprise, surprise, it was a trap set by Angela, who literally stabs Allie in the back. <laughs> you, you know what? You know what's funny, too, is, is when she's getting to the cabin, she keeps opening the paper, almost like she's following a map. But it was just a note that said, meet me at the cabin. <laughs> I didn't understand why she kept stopping and reading it. <laughs> it was weird. Now, did this say abandoned cabin or Abaddon cabin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Over in <laughs> uh, maybe that was some of the fluff that you were talking about. They needed to stretch it out to get that 120. Oh, dude, we'll talk about that here in a little bit right. for sure. So, yes, she, I'm sorry um, to interrupt. She does get literally stabbed in the back, but that's not the end of it. Oh, she gets shoved face first into an outdoor... Uh, uh, Outhouse, not even a porta potty. I would say outhouse. that was just a straight outhouse. Yeah, dude. outhouse, horrible. Oh, uh, face first, makes her get in, and then uses the same stick she used to kill Phoebe, which that that same log stick was used in part three several times because that was the running joke. Like, what? How are we going to kill this person? Log. Yeah. <laughs> Stunt log. Uh, they great. used that thing for so many so many scenes. Um, but yes, yeah, so as she's coming up for air, she's covered in. Uh, what I like to call feces leeches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Angela made some some um, thing about it's, it was some joke. It it was half ass joke about you know piss and shit and leeches, and it was about sucking the life out of your friends or some weird thing. So she's covered in feces leeches, which I couldn't tell which were like little turdlets or which were yeah, leeches. Yeah, I don't think it matters. But I guess they they drained her blood immediately, and she also drowned in urine and fecal matter i did take an audio cut of this and, and it you're gonna have to indulge me doc because it's a little bit long but i don't give a shit because the gurgling that she was making did you catch the gurgles in the potty i didn't oh, oh thank god did they, did they have a little did they have a little heft to them so like I, a little weight was- i was hoping you didn't hear it because i wanted you to hear it for the first you know to hear it here for the first time so let, let me hit you with this Oh, my God. 
The flies? Again, liberal the, use of flies. Like flies anytime there's a consistent. dead body or a turd anywhere, they, they put that fly right oh. over top of that. But I don't know if she was drowning in it or gargling with it. <laughs> I just want to be so, behind the scenes on that sound of just some chick putting water in her mouth and gurgling into a microphone. Listen, can I get some scope? Because I can do a two for oh here. I can uh, freshen up and also foley this. That gurgle was, gurgle was outstanding. <laughs> here, let me see if I can. <clears throat> I got some water here. Hang on. Yeah. I may spit it all over the mic. Hang on. That's it. Recreation. Done. We should have thrown like a couple of um, like Tootsie Rolls in there so you get that. Oh, oh that clump. <laughs> And a couple frogs ribbiting. There's a lot you could have done with uh, that. I hope that was a eel or a leech, not a turd. <laughs> <laughs> all right, which would you rather swallow whole, a leech or a turdlet? Oh my god, <laughs> Ugh, it's all bad. Oh all my bad. god, oh it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. You know what would be cool though, man? Going back to what you just said, I wonder where that log is today. I wonder if some that would be a great find if you could find the actual. You I know, think, whatever they kept bringing. I out. think Bill Bill has it still. I'll That's get great. into that here in a little bit too. Um, uh, but I think uh, Uncle John may want to hire a company because uh, those uh, outhouses are a definite ball splash ass because yeah. <laughs> they're so full. <laughs> it's called, you know what that's called when you, spl- you get the splash up? What? It's called the witch's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you get that hefty log in there and all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh that's no bueno. But then when you realize it's not clean water, it's somebody else's piss and shit that's oh. even worse. Oh, oh God. So I got a trick for that, um, man. You want you want a you want a trick for that? A, a, one hover, hover oh, that that helps too. No, because you can both, get, you could get a little more velocity. Both, both feet on the bowl. <laughs> you, you're talking about gargoyling up on it, perching. <laughs> no, because you can get a little velocity off that turd. If 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 that here's here's a here's a PSA for everyone using a public restroom. One fine layer of toilet paper on the clean water will wrap your turd up like a present as it drops in and not splash back at you. So there's some life lesson for everybody. Man, I got a whole setup because now I got the poopery I got to do, and I got the paper in the. In oh, the there's a lot involved. Bowl. There's, like, there's a lot. Yeah, a, you got to put the cowboy thing, hat yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> and I know half the time you go, you're barely making it to the rim, so I don't think you have time for all the prep. The prep work. Like just, just a quick wipe with a you know, uh, two inch by two inch square, four inch by four inch square. Just quick wipe down, sit down, and get it done. Yep. Oh, that's bad. So, um, and I love the fact that. You know, at this point, Sean is making ridiculous excuses for all of the missing campers and absences. Like, oh, I'm sure Judd and Anthony just went down to the liquor store and they've been gone for two days. Yeah, they were also supposed to be uh, very young, so I'm not sure that would have flying. And then, yeah, they probably took uh, Phoebe with them or whoever, Mayor. They probably just took Mayor with them. Like, they were explaining their way out of it pretty pretty weakly, if you ask me. There's there's a reason why everybody's dying at this place, because nobody has any self-awareness, situational (laughs) awareness. Uh, Is Sean also the unluckiest camper ever? Because... He was supposed to be at the camp the week that Angela killed everybody, and he didn't make it. But now he got this one. Yeah. He pulled this card. I like how he says he couldn't because they were too poor, because he's just got a dang cop's salary to work on or something. <laughs> I swear they told you 10 times his dad was a cop. He, uh, he, his dad you know, gets out of his cardboard box and goes right into his cruiser yeah. to go to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After he showers down at the Salvation Army. He yeah, the YMCA. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, and then we get back to the girls' camp where Demi, Demi Moore, 
Yep. Uh, who is Kendall Bean in her only role ever. Uh, she basically tells Pangela that, <laughs> hey, I called some of these kids' parents and they had no idea that they were on their way home. So while she's giving that exposition in the mirror, not paying any attention, I do like the scene where Angela's picking up all the different weapons. I enjoyed that to too. Out what the killer was. That was very reminiscent of Pulp Fiction when uh, Bruce Willis, like, remember before he goes down to save Marcellus Wallace, he like he grabs like a sword and he's like, no, no, no. And he grabs, I think he even grabbed a chainsaw at one point. Uh, and, so are you saying Pulp Fiction ripped off from Sleepaway Camp? I think I think so. I think, I was, I think for yeah, sure. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. It, it did remind um, me of that, and it was funny. And and this was, I think, maybe the only time I thought Angela was humorous in the whole movie. I can't. If there's another time, I'm forgetting it. But this one, I did enjoy. She was hired for her comedic timing, Steve. So I no, no, I'm not blaming the actress. By the way, I I just I just thought that the writing. Um, they were almost giving her one-liners. You know what I mean? They weren't. Oh, that's all it was, man. Yeah. It was all just cheeky, you know, quips and yeah, but zingers they, just they, to top it off. They didn't do, I didn't think it was done well. And this, this was actually funny though. I thought this was pretty good. So she picks up a radio. She like contemplates killing her with a. Bashing her a head. Hairbrush. In, a hairbrush. Yeah, a hairbrush. A pencil. I think it was a pencil. I think she picked up that log again and was like, eh, 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 overdone. So she settles on a guitar string. So we get an underwhelming guitar string garrote. Yeah. Um, very uneventful for a movie of this type. The funniest so part think- of that scene to me was when she was trying to push the girl out of the window by her butt. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> She's like stuck like Winnie the Pooh. She's like pushing both hands onto her butt to get her out. It's <laughs> funny. Get on out. Oh, it's funny. I, I don't know if you noticed this too, but as soon as she kills that chick, who she's screaming and making a lot of noise, oh, yeah. she goes to walk outside and the boys dump the bucket of water. They were right outside the door while she was murdering right, Benny, right inside. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody heard that? Yeah. Nobody heard that? Well, they were focused on their prank. Their focus yeah. was oh, elsewhere. Yeah. And like, you you shut down our titty patrol. We'll show you what's up. Yep. And then um, some girl I'd never seen before in my life comes in the cabin and wants to know why Demi's dead. That was the tattletale girl. That was the girl that in every scene, like in the lunchroom or when they were in their bunks with the boobies, every time she was like, you're going to get in trouble. I'm going to tell so-and-so. So she was, uh, I don't know, I just wrote her down as tattletale girl, but I did take a cut for her. When you tattle on someone, you're not just telling on them. You're telling on yourself. And by tattling on someone, you're really just telling them, I'm a tattletale. Now... Is that the tale you want to tell? That's where she went wrong. She didn't listen to that advice. That's right. If she had just listened to um, Ricky Bobby's daddy. Right. <laughs> it was pretty much bad timing on her part because she really wasn't an amoral chick. She just was a damn tattletale. And, and Angela She's a witness it, to the crime. Right? And Angela knew at that point, if anybody's going to say something, it's going to be this chick. It's so, going to be the one with the history. Of now she's got to go. Yep. Telling on people. Do you ever hear, is that what she called it? Telling on them? Telling. Be telling on them people. Telling on people. Um, so her name was Leah, which Leah. Leah, Leah Tomlin. I can't remember her last name. Thompson. Thompson. Thompson there it is. Thompson. Yeah. Back to the future. Yep. Um, again, when he, when Angela's killing Leah, there's an awful lot of screaming that no one's hearing at all. So they have to be fornicating or doing something more important. Yeah. Like Uncle John's five beers deep somewhere in his cabin. TC's. You know, got the razor on, trimming up the mullet. Yeah, combing his mullet. Uh, combing his mullet with it, you know. But what is, what is everybody else doing at this camp? Because there's a, at least 30 other people that haven't been killed yet. Yeah, there was a bit of, yeah, you know what, though? Eh, bad, let it roll. Um, I don't know if you noticed, too, but some of the extras, if you'll notice, like when the counselors are talking, they'll have the extras just pass by and a single file line behind them to add that 
you know, making it look like there's more kids than there are. And then they would switch angles and the exact same kids would oh, walk from great. a different angle and do the exact same thing. Oh, that's great. I didn't notice that. That's spectacular. <laughs> we did Good that work. a couple of times. But uh, apparently this camp is clearing out faster than fat people in a jazzercise class <laughs> because uh, uh, literally everybody's disappearing. Like you notice the bunks in the girls' cabin. The they're like, uh, there's like two bunks left with like their dressings on them and whatnot. Yeah. And everything else is just mattresses. Like rolled dirty, up. Like dirty rolled mattresses up. too. <laughs> that's great. Completely f- filthy mattresses. Yeah. Um, and this is the scene where I think they totally had to pad is the scene where Angela was having flashbacks oh, and nightmares. Total, yes. uh, every, uh, we literally get a recap of the entire movie. Yes. Through not only flashbacks, but slow-mo flashbacks. And, and like a weird, was it like a blue lighting tint like to it or something? Tone, yeah, blue tone. The dream to tone it. or something. So, happy camper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like somebody gets chainsawed. Who's happy through and through and then you know guy getting fucking stabbed with the drill and it's like it, it, they recap the entire movie yeah yeah you're right man and it's i think slow-mo. there was a, a bit of a tone change i guess after the because the dream sequence kind of is, is a more serious note of the movie and then i think from here there's a slight tone shift to the little more serious for the for the finale uh but oh, yeah. i agree well there's like, the wow, my favorite joke on? of the movie but We'll get to that in a second. But I, I did feel like, have you ever seen uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2? Have we ever talked about mm, that? No, we did one. We should do two. Th- hey, let's do that for Christmas this year. No. Okay. Let's not. Is it bad? Because <laughs> Silent Night, so I know people, Drew, it's his favorite movie, one of his favorite movies. I, I despise it because they literally, most of the movie is footage from the first movie. And then like the last 15 minutes are all new footage for the part two. Wow. I mean, I'll I'll be more than happy to do it, and we can talk about that. But man, it is no, to I, me, it is the biggest schlog. I take your word for it, man. You know what's good for the show and what isn't. If it's just a rehash of the first one, then no problem. Like I don't even know how it's considered a movie. Like almost the whole thing is literally scenes from part one. Well, they just lost my check mark on this paper here. Then, well, there you go. And it, but good news is you get the garbage day line. Have you seen that online? No, I don't think I have. The guy's like, garbage day, and he pulls out his little snub-nosed gut buster, and he starts shooting people just randomly in the street. No, I haven't seen that. All right, I'll send it to you. Okay. That's probably the best part of the whole movie. Um, And that's when we get some terrible news, because TC and Uncle John have finally uh, come to their breaking point, and they summarily fire Angela. Yeah. Or basically clearing out the entire fucking camp. Yeah, we got 15 missing campers that you said you sent home, so I think that this isn't going to work out. Yeah, I think uh, you've mismanaged these children. There's one chick left in the bunk at the girls' in the girls bunk, Molly. Everything else is gone. Uh, and I think that's when we get to see the most emotion from Angela, Pamela Springsteen. Yeah, she did cry, yeah. She's really devastated. Yeah. Like... I've never met somebody who likes camping as much as this lady does. You can't but, counseling. Um, <laughs> Even worse. God, could you imagine? I mean, I've been to one camp. It was a Christian camp. And uh, I couldn't imagine, like, the camp counselor having to deal with, like, 12-year-old me. Oh, man. I Fuck. hate camping. I hate it in general. So that ain't yeah, that ain't in the cards for me. Dude, I remember one night it just downpoured. Like, we were a bunch of kids. It was raining. It was that cold rain. And we were, like, not at the cabin. We were out camp- camping under the stars. And we're literally, there's like 10 of us. We hardly know each other with the camp counselor. We're just getting drenched. It's pitch black. Ugh. And uh, we're freezing. And finally, one of the kids is just like, hey, guys, I figured something out. If you just piss on yourself, you'll warm right up. So literally, this group of kids is just pissing themselves to get warm. <laughs> yeah, that ain't, that ain't for me, man. That ain't. No, no, I'm sure they stank like 
Oh, hi. I guess there was some outlaw motorcycle gang that had set up camp next to our camp and were smoking weed and shit. So they had to have the cops come out. Oh, my God. Yeah. The first time I ever had Captain Crunch was in a Christian camp. Did it ruin the roof of your mouth like it does to me? <laughs> All I remember is like my parents only had like the healthy cereals, you know, cornflakes, raisin bran, Cheerios, Wheaties. Raisin bran's got so much sugar, it's not healthy. <laughs> but yeah, so you had that like first like taste of Captain Crunch. It just destroys the roof of your mouth and it makes so much noise. It's cacophonous in your ears and you're like, man, this is the best shit ever. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, how can I go back to Cheerios after that? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, Angela goes out to the woods to walk about and wallow in her own misery. And, uh, so Sean and Molly, Sean just won the shit lottery. Just go up there to the abandoned cabin to cheer her up. And, uh, while Molly talks to Angela and tries to smooth things out, Sean's doing guy shit. Like, Hey guys, yeah. <laughs> like Molly begged for him to go up there to talk with Angela with her. And as soon as he gets there, he's like exploring, like, Oh, check out this cool abandoned cabin. And she's like, you can't go in there. The door's like, he's like, no, it's not. Yeah. You just open the door and walk right in. I mean, but really dude, if you're in the middle of nowhere and you see an abandoned cabin, are you not going to try to check it out? I mean, oh, shit, yeah. you got to. And then you get some stabbing, stabbing hobo in there. Get off. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was told there's a singing hobo in here. Yeah. Uh, you got so anyway, you got Dirty Mike and the boys having a bum party in there. There will be some D's and A's in that abandoned cabin. Oh, yeah. Everybody run past the ca- abandoned cabin oh. and rub your nuts on the handle. <laughs> Why does the cabin smell like the girls' locker room back at the camp? It's horrible. <laughs> Either we're near the completely filled with dead bodies abandoned cabin or we're by the girls', girls door. <laughs> or this is where they stored the jock straps from earlier. <laughs> it's one of the two. I don't know if you noticed too Their kitchen was a little under par Because every scene where they're supposed to be having breakfast There was like a splatter of ketchup on every plate their, All their all their food was cans of peas <laughs> A bunch of cans of peas stocked up and Like they would You know, dig their fork through a little Puddle of ketchup on their plate <laughs> like, Horrible <laughs> Yep I definitely didn't see any Captain Crunch But uh, So Sean of course like Hey guys, this cabin's completely open Let me go inside And of course once his eyes adjust He sees well, The the sound of the flies should have been his first clue Yeah, yeah. Right? the smell didn't do uh, it for you But then guess what he gets knocked out by The log <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean there there was That was a, a to- Can we give <laughs> Can we give the log in this movie a sad card? Because it, it did most of the acting. Who was it? Ren and Stimpy had the log cartoon. Isn't that basically that log, cartoon? It's log. log. Yeah. Um, there, there was a serious Friday the 13th vibe with the cabin, though. I mean, that was pretty obvious. It, you know, she Angela had stored all the victims, including the burnt ones and Dude, the porta potty like chick. Almost every slasher film does that, don't pretty they? Pretty much, you yeah. Have like, or, you know, you open the closet, the body falls out. Right. Then you're walking down the hallway and one comes out of the attic and hangs over part partially like who pushed that thing out there yeah i mean i think the movie picked up a little bit from the cabin scene though that's when it kind of gets off the rails a little bit and still really she she goes nuts so and you get you get or maybe it was just a rushed ending i don't know but it did pick up a little bit pace wise once the cabin scene hits i thought you say that but then you get um tc barges in and as tc's coming up he's completely making everybody aware of his presence because he's you know screaming and hollering giving Angela plenty of time to empty out his own personal battery from his vehicle into a glass to pour into his face as soon as he walks into the abandoned cabin. Now, yeah. cool effect, though. that being said, do you, if you had acid to your face, do you die immediately? 
Funny story, buddy. I've actually had battery acid splashed on me before, and it sucked. But no, I did not die. I'm still here today, so... Was it a face full of it, or did you nah, just get a little it's a dumb story, so I'll make it quick. But when we were kids, there was a vacant lot by the pad. We were probably third grade, fourth grade, eight, nine years old, um, and we had found an abandoned table. So we pulled off the, the legs to the table, and it still had the the bolts sticking out that attached it to the front part. So that's a weapon, right? You got a table leg with a bolt sticking out. Now we're becoming yep. the barbarian. So we were we were smashing stuff with it, just trash, nothing mean, you know, just smashing pieces of wood or you know cardboard or whatever. And it, there was Homeless an old car, oh, yeah, there was an old car battery out there. And as being that young, I didn't even it didn't even occur to me that there was anything in a car battery. You know, you know, I don't think of there being like you know, I just think it's a battery, it's like a square block. And so we started bashing on it, and the bolt went through. And as we're hitting it, we were starting to get splashed with it, and it got on our arms, a little bit on our face, neck, and, and within you know. 10, 20 seconds, both of us, we were, my buddy James, we were running for the house. I mean, we were sprinting because we knew right away something was wrong and it burnt pretty good. We had to get get in and shower and, you know, scrub up and it, it put some good burns on us. So that battery acid is no joke. together or did you do that separate? It was at his house. I want to say he jumped in the shower and I was at the sink, like scrubbing furiously with like a towel and water and it burnt us pretty good though. Burnt us both. Jesus. Man, but, I didn't, I never realized it was that caustic we we live to tell the tale though so i don't know if this this death scene's on par i have noticed your terribly disfigured face though so that <laughs> right. has to be that has to be from the battery acid right hey we were doing that and i'm not a fast runner but man we were definitely running to that pad because it, it didn't it didn't feel good at all no i can't imagine dude yeah. no thank you i don't like burns in general sunburns oh, you know yeah. like oh. you burn your finger on the stove and it blisters up and you got to deal with that poor shit dude, for three days like, you know yeah. how i deal i deal with a lot of dry ice i didn't tell you how bad i burnt myself dry ice. i burnt myself pretty bad a couple times of dry ice and that stuff's no joke like that will burn you quick style Can you um, give me a discount on that shit for the haunt this year mm, yes i probably could yes talk to me okay. after the show um okay so dry ice is weird like if you touch it i always get it on my forms and stuff because i wear the big safety gloves so you, you you don't realize you're touching it at first until it burns you it's like negative it negative 90 degrees or something negative 130 degrees it's very very cold so it, i was working i was out at the mgm and i'm working on something and there was some dry ice in the bottom of this big cooler i didn't know it was down there my hands were kind of cold they're already numb from um holding just like cold stuff to be in general i didn't know that right. my hand was resting on dry ice at the bottom right so i had no clue so i pull up my hand and I look on the back of my, it was my middle finger. I look on the, from like the middle knuckle to the, to the nail, it was all white. And I was like, oh, weird. I, I thought it was like a frost. Like I had got frost on it. So I take my other thumb and I go to rub the frost off and all the skin from my knuckle to my fingernail slid right off as soon as I pushed it, slid right, right off my could finger, you, dude. Could we write that into a uh, sleepaway camp? Oh, <laughs> dude, it sucked. Hey, but you know what? It didn't hurt until later, you know, cause the dry ice, it was completely hidden. Killed the nerves on it. Yeah. yeah. So later it was miserable but uh yeah dude so that's you're how telling cold me if i is. wanted to be like an extreme mma guy and everybody's doing ice baths and i do a dry ice bath that's a bad idea well there's only one way to find out and i can get you the discount <laughs> so i got you but uh, dry ice is no joke man you'll you'll burn yourself within seconds it's it's like touching a, a hot iron or anything else like that it I'm seems they ice, sell you know? that shit at like albertson's then i know like so dangerous well not only that if i don't know how far we want to get in dry ice here buddy but um it'll kill you in the car like you have to drive with your windows down because the 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 mist it gives off is heavier than oxygen, so it will push the oxygen out of your car. So and if you're, you're driving, driving around in an oxygen yes. void compartment, and next thing you know, hey man, there's people that have died from that from storing dry ice in their trunk like overnight. It pushed all the oxygen out. They get in the car, close the door, and start driving. Pass out, crash, dead. Yeah, dry ice sucks. It seems super fun until you have to work with it, and then I then you hate it. <laughs> it's like, it's like no thanks, not it for sucks, me. Sucks. Yeah, a little too, little bit too much work for a little bit of fog. Yeah, totally. Um. 
so TC is now a burn victim in the front and party in the back. It's <laughs> <So. laughs> good. It's a good one. And it's funny because there's. Oh, go ahead. No, I just said that was a good one. I like that joke. Oh, I thought you were going to do the uh, drum roll. I know. Um, that was good, though. The, uh, the moment Sean realizes who Angela actually is was like Academy Award winning <laughs> peak <laughs> level performance. Because <laughs> he's sitting there tied up and he sees Angela throw the you know battery ass in TC's face and you know you have probably some baking soda and some sort of vinegar effect to get a little fizzle or whatever but then he looks kind of like to the side of the camera and then like the light bulb kicks in and yeah. he's like huh huh <laughs> what why did I see that the entire time <laughs> the lights literally just came on he's like oh. and then he uh, you know, gives the full shebang. I know who you are. My dad arrested you. You're a crazy bitch. And she confesses that uh, she did years of electroshock therapy and a sex change operation, and it has made her all better. And then she just cuts his head off. So apparently, it did work. It did, yeah, the, the head cut off was fun. You know what was funny about the speech is him putting together. Um, it was almost like a word game when he was putting together the names because he's like, "Well, that kid's name was Peter, and your name's Angela." And she's like, "Yeah, I'm Angela Johnson." And I'm thinking like. Peter, Peter. And then, so if you have a penis, yeah, which right. people call Johnson, right. which is also named by Peter. <laughs> I just I wrote this down. This is my note, exact word for word. Angela Johnson, Peter Johnson, Dick Dickerson. That's exactly what I wrote down in the line. <laughs> he puts the wordplay together. Uh, yeah. Poor Sean's little paper mache head. That was great. Clean off. That was clean because it was violent. It was like a full on swing. Dude blasted his nug off. It was pretty cool. It's funny. So you mentioned that, right? Like she handled that. I think was it an axe or a machete. Uh, it could have been the axe. log. Could have been the log for all yeah, I know. Log it doesn't matter. matter. But like, I don't know if you noticed during the chainsaw scene with Judge, that thing was heavy as fuck, and she could not swing that thing at all. You kind of just wafting it around, like knee, <laughs> knee level. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, just like kind of barely moving it and making uh, Judd, the actor who played Judd, do all the fucking work. That's why she cut his knee because that's as high up as she <laughs> could get as far it. As yeah. She can get it up. Like, right, I'm gonna cut your legs. Off. I'm gonna do a Black Knight to you. I'm gonna cut off all your limbs yeah. so you're down at my level. And, <laughs> and, and then I thought, uh, you know, later on Molly comes to and Angela says, "Look who's on TV!" and points over to yeah, the Sean's head. Stuck in the screen. I thought that was a cool line. That was the whole Freddy thing, though. Man, that was these prime prime time bitch stuff going on. Look who's on TV, bitch. Um, uh, Angela is basically cleaning up the camp now. Uh, Molly is able to break loose, and she runs right into Angela. (laughs) Well, so she goes back to the camp, and and pretty much a new counselor that you've never seen before is like running around looking for everybody, and pretty much the tip patrol is dead. Um, Diane. Diane. Okay. Her name. Yeah. So that would be Diane. Looks like the, looks like the uh, lad. Uh, that looks almost like the uh, space marine from fucking Aliens. Yeah, yeah. So wait, wait. But D- Diane, who was she? What was her, be her eighties? Um, what'd you say it was? Like who's her eighties counterpart? Okay, I haven't heard of her. Yeah, I'm not familiar with her. Okay, but the tip patrol is is dead at a window staring. So they died doing what they loved. I, I do enjoy yeah, that they yeah. they stayed true to the end. Um, That's right. Uh, Uncle got- Uncle John is dead, and I I'm not positive, but I think that Rob. Did he have a jock strap in his mouth? I think that he had a jock strap stuck in his mouth. Probably hanging up in the yeah. in the corner over by Uncle John. Yeah. Yeah, that was I mean, that was cool because now it really ramped up. You get a bunch of, of still shot death scenes in a row. Um but I thought I thought that the chase scene and the fight with Molly was laughable. I thought that was Okay, so laughably bad. So as soon as Molly escapes, she runs out, Angela beats her with the 
stick again. <laughs> Log. Right? And then uh, Angela, they have a chase scene that has got to be more filler material because oh. that chase scene is like three minutes long, dude. Dude, it was horrible. So, like, chase, Angela attacks Molly. Molly cuts Angela with a knife in the thigh, which we never see that wound again. They run over, they run some more. And the entire time, Angela's like, Come back, Molly. You're my best friend. I don't want to hurt you. You're a good girl. You almost it's made like, it, girl. Yeah. Yeah, you almost made it. You were almost the winner. And uh, she pushes her off a two-foot embankment. I don't think she pushes her. I think she backs her off of it. I think. And I think. I don't think she tried to kill her. I think that the chick was trying to get away and fell, wasn't it? it fell two feet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not far. Yeah. Um, and then that's when. So Molly's falling down. That's when Diane finds everything. We get. Uh, we get Uncle John with his hand cut off. Yeah. Diane gets cut with in the gutty woods. I think the guy who played Uncle John, dude. His name was Walter Gotell. That dude was in X Files, Tales from the Crypt, yep. Night Rider. A- so our connection to him: Night Rider, A Team, Airwolf. He did at least three James Bond movies as General Gogol. Yeah, like dude, he was like, how does he get into this movie? Yeah, he was in a ton of stuff. I recognized him right away. He's just that character actor you're going to see in in a ton of MacGyver. Uh, he was in a Freddy movie, uh, Star Trek. Just Cameron Mitchell. What'd you say? Could we have just had Cameron? Yeah, Mitchell? no, there you go. Yeah, that would have been perfect. He would have met him perfect. Yep, but I'd so recognize then, him right away. He was good. Yeah, he he did just fine. So all the campers are dead apparently, right. except there's still thirty left somewhere. I mean, they actually talked about this on the commentary. Like, there's a whole other section of camp that didn't get attacked. So there's still people on the in the campground that Angel. Oh, didn't get I kind of assumed she killed everybody and they just didn't show no, them all. Huh, no, okay. No, they actually said there's more campers in it. It's a very big campsite. So, um, Angela hitchhikes with the white trashiest lady I've ever seen was, in my life. She was awesome, dude. She was large Marge from Pee Wee. That's who she was. Yeah. She's, uh, what was her quote? She's too, too dumb to drink and too fat to fuck. And that, of course, she also smokes without rolling down her windows, which what animal does that? So Angela despises her immediately and kills her. Yeah. She gets put on the naughty list, that cigarette. And I think it was just, she was talking amorally and, uh, you know, then the cigarettes and Angela was had had enough of her shenanigans and that was it for her. And guess what happens next, Steve? <sighs> Tell me, doc. Molly has come to, and she is trying to hitchhike to safety out of the camp. But guess who picks her up? The Fratellis from Goonie, because that's the scene I was thinking of when I saw this. Or no, no, what, what did he do as soon as he rolled down the window? He's like, oh, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Which, Chunk comes running up like, I just got away from these disgusting people, the Fratellis. <laughs> <laughs> and then he rolls down the window. He's like, oh, you know. And so Chunk's like, fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, so we get a Goonies ending. <laughs> And then uh, that's how the movie ends. And then part three was literally in production a week later. That's great, man. So uh, one week later, using the same campsite, just different different set areas. Like they were able to expound the different sets and whatnot because they had been at the camp for so long. So they knew like to film at different locations. And a lot of part three is all filmed during the day. A lot of it is filmed during well, that's, the day. That's efficient, I guess. It was getting, well, they said it was getting so cold they couldn't film at night anymore because yeah. people were freezing their ass off. It's an efficient way to do the movie, though. If you know you're going to be there, I guess you you keep going. Yeah. So just so you know, when I talked about the crazy kills, somehow in my mind I combined two and three together, right? Because two two has some pretty crazy stuff, but three has even more ridiculous stuff. And somehow I merged those two together. And I thought they were all in part two. 
So at some point, well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I, I, we will talk about it later. But I also remember you telling me about some of those kills. And I remember thinking, did Doc watch the right movie? Because I'm not seeing those kills in this one, you know? Right. Um, I, I do have, let me see if I got any post, uh, anything I skipped here. Are you got anything? Are we done? Uh, I think we're done, man. Uh, let me see. I was going to just say, um, uh, one of the other effects guys on the movie, his name is Bill Splat Johnson. Splat, and he great. has had yeah, he has had an absolute stellar career, dude. He did the Patriot with Mel Gibson. He just recently did the New Blue Beetle, uh, Eight Legged Freaks, Zombieland, The Walking Dead, Stranger Things. Like that guy from that little small low budget movie to his career now, he's crushing it. Man. I think we've spoke of him before. I remember the name now, Splat Johnson. I think Matt we talked Johnson. about him on something. Uh, also, there's an homage to Sleepaway Camp in Kevin Williamson's I Know What You Did Last Summer. Have you ever seen that one? Yeah, I've seen it, but I don't remember anything about it. Two girls are talking like horror movies. And they're like, what's your favorite horror movie killer? And the one of the girls says Angela. Oh, nice. So, That's cool. Which could have been Angela been from any this Angela. movie or Angela from Night of the Demons, too. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yep. My only other notes here that I skipped was... Uh, uh, I was worried that the candles during the sex scene were going to light the toilet paper on fire because they had like stacks of toilet paper right next to the candles. That is an OSHA hazard. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think we nailed everything. I did. I told you earlier, but I did watch the, I have been watching Friday the 13th. Um, I've only watched the first three so far. I don't think I'm going to make it through them all by Halloween. That was the goal. But um, it, 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 since I watched these next to the other ones, it was I think that these these are obviously more fun. They're on a different level than Friday the 13th. But I also think that these actually aged better than Friday the 13th. Like the, these were fun and kind of cheesy back then and they stay fun and cheesy now. But some of the stuff that was supposed to be more serious and scary in Friday the 13th, I don't think held up as well. So um, it was a little odd realization to me that I think the sleepaway camps, uh, I prefer those over the Friday the 13th, you know, in general. I think. Just something about them. I, I do too, man. Like I don't know why, why it is, but if you ask me to watch sleepaway camp three, or, you know, Friday the 13th 3, I'll pick Sleepaway Camp 3 all the time. Okay, I'm with you. I didn't know if we were going to have a, a debate on that one, but I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you on that, dude. And, I'm, you know, I'm a Friday the 13th fan. I own the box sets and stuff. It's just, I don't know. It's a fun never, factor. There's a fun factor there. Yeah. yeah, it's always good to play in the background. And, and I think Friday the 13th is more of a nostalgia movie because, you know, we grew up with that, and this those are always hard going back, um, but this is not. This is just a, a fun, goofy movie that stayed fun and goofy through the years, so... Dude, we haven't had a Friday the 13th movie since 2009. Oh, I wouldn't have guessed that. I I, would, I assume they crank them out every five years now. No. The rights are in limbo right now. 2009 is was the last remake where hmm. they remade the Friday the 13th. Marcus Nispel, I believe, with like Platinum Dunes, who did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and all those. Like he remade it, and that's the last anybody's heard of it. Sounds like we're due for someone to pick up that's those right. reins. Yes. All right. Yes, let's sir. Get, let's get to this. I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news. Okay, Dockles, hit me with the good news. When the kills are on, they're absolutely great, man. Yes, you're right. And I would love to see the uh, the footage that they got rid of to see how that would have changed the tone of the entire movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. I, I think they were good, too. Um, oh, man, you know what? I got I can't. I don't have my glasses, so these are gonna be tough because I have to get friggin' bifocals because I'm a million years old now. And they took my frames. They gave me some friggin' bifocals. Welcome to the party, pal. I was like, I want the line on mine. I want the trifocal, dude. I want the whole. I did. You know, Adam just got his. He's not gonna have the line on his. I was like, well, I tried that and I got sick of shit. So no kidding. Good luck with that, buddy. I want yeah, five. Good I want luck with that. quintuple. I want the quintuple focal. I want five lines on mine. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, okay, let me put it close to my face here. I uh, yeah, that's right. I liked the atmosphere and the creepiness of the cabin scene. I thought that that was 
a little almost out of place in the movie because that was a pretty cool creepy vibe and i didn't really get that through the rest of the movie but i think it needed it so i really liked the the whole atmosphere of all the victims on display i think that was kind of a high note for the movie and also they would you have liked to act in that scene as an actor no to have to sit there still with the buzzing sound no yeah, miserable. like just sitting there, pretending you're dead, holding your breath, don't no. blink, close your eyes, don't move your eyeballs. Yeah, that would have sucked. And I'm sure the flies were yeah. piped in after the fact, but there's a got to oh, be a million gnats, gnats in there anyway. But <laughs> Oh, mosquitoes? Yeah. And also, man, they really upped their game in the booby department. Like they went from like zero to 100 <laughs> from one to two, for sure on yes. that. So, yeah. All right. 100%. Give me your bad news. Uh, when the kills are off, they're very bland yeah. and felt rushed. Yep. Like it was like, oh, what are we going to do? Uh, pull out the log. Yep. Yep. You're right, man. Um. All right, so feel free, please, to disagree with me here, Doc, or if you have anything to add or or, uh, or contradict, I'm open. But I didn't like the direction they took with Angela. Um, I thought that just throwing her out there in the beginning with like the same name, not trying to hide anything, no mystery, no depth. Um, in the original, I think there was a lot more depth and charm, and this was like real surface level. I'm not saying I didn't like the actress. I just didn't like the direction Angela took. I think it took away from the charm of the Angela character. Um, in general, I still like the movie. I just prefer the other Angela, and I didn't know what your take was on on her. It's fine if you don't like it either, but I I think they basically were trying to establish a franchise, right? They had a really strong sleepaway camp, had a lot of good buzz, so they were trying to take that Angela character and just get her introduced to the audience as fast as possible as the next Jason, the next Freddy, the next Leatherface, except she's something completely different, right? Um, And try and push that out there as fast as possible to get it established so they can start you know, popping out these movies, which... They did return to Sleepaway Camp in 2003. I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't even know if it's available anywhere. And they did like a fan film where they took scenes from two and three and mashed it up with like 15 minutes of extra footage. I don't know what that's called. Maybe Sleepaway Camp 4. But there's a lot of research yet to be done. And I guess that site in Waco, there's been a lot of like um, people that go to try and visit the site of Camp Waco. And there's really nothing left there. Like you can see some of the frames for the windows in the uh, dining hall. The pool's completely filled in, covered in, in, you know, overgrowth. Like it looks completely different than it did back, back then. But looking at the two Angela's and the direction they took, do you have a preference? Cause I definitely preferred the first Angela. I like two and three Angela. Really? But I'm one of the, like we talked about with Aaron. I like Halloween two, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. I don't know why they just, they took them a fancy. All right. All right. That's cool. Uh, it's respectfully disagree. How about that? Okay. Um, also, off screen, off screen kills suck. We've seen way too many of those lately. So I need to. We need to get away from yeah, that. Crap. We need to find some bloody moon or something. Yeah. Give me a schlock. August underground. Schlock star rating. One out of one brand spanking new vagina that Angela <laughs> has now. Apparently. <laughs> it's her new. It's her new stuff. Yeah, she got a brand new vagina. Vagina. I think there's a no effects song that I that I like. Um, <laughs> All right. Mine's pretty similar too. I give it a negative one, Felissa Rose, because I miss seeing her as Angela again. So, oh, bring there back, you go. Bring back Felissa Rose for me. She's so nice too, man. Like at every convention, she's just super cool. She's down for anything. I think she's still making movies to this day too. So. She seems it, man. Anything I've seen with her in it, she's smiling. She's happy. She's she's having a good time with it, and that's that's awesome, man. Really cool. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Schlocker not protocol requires a quiz off. May the best human moron win. All right, Doc, hit me up. Did Angela mistake Camp Rolling Hills as a Christian camp? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why was she expecting so much morality out of these kids? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, like, dude, the kids are being kids, man. You yeah. get a bunch of teenage kids, or t- teenage, you use the term yeah, quote, loosely. Quote, quote, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like she, 
Rolling Hills, oh, that sounds so Christian-like. And she gets here and it's like, it's a bunch of deep. Dude, part three, Teenage Wasteland is even worse because, like, they set it up where they open half the camp up for good kids and half the camp up for juvenile delinquents. Oh, sweet. That's what I'm in there yeah, for. So, yeah, oh, yeah. We talking and there's tr- a lot of racist utes. tropes in there and shit. We got troubled utes in that one? Troubled youth. Nice. All right, good. You got the you know the punk kid with the leather jacket. And you got the Mexican gangbanger, and you got the black gangbanger, and it's just like. But it's funny because like you see the behind the scenes, and they're all like nerdy, you know, actor kids trying yeah. to portray these tough characters. That's good. Man. So they actually had to stretch their shit. Anyway, go ahead. All right, uh, can let me get this close. Can we start working on a spinoff called the Tit Patrol? Yeah, because I've already been I, I've been writing it since I was like twelve. So maybe we could finally finish that thing off. Okay, what's the uh, what's the plot of the story? Don't don't worry about the plot, bro. This ain't that type of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that scene in Frankenhooker where he's checking out all the girls? That's the that's entire basically movie. the whole movie I had already written. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. All right, uh, go ahead, man. Um, where did all the other campers go? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, what you told me about how that they were still there, that it's it's a shame that I had to learn that from you watching the director's commentary. You know what I mean? Like, you should have been able to, to glean that from the movie itself. So that's kind of a failure, probably. How hard it was it would it have been to take, like, all your your um, extras and background actors and stuff and just pile them up on a pile yeah. in the back of some closet and just film it real quick and right. be like, okay, that's where all the other campers were at. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you're right there. Or if, like you said, if they want to be alive, have them marching off down the hill escorted by the police or something. You know, you could have easily yeah, shown Yeah, like had the police yeah. showing up, discovering the entire yeah. crime scene. Right. You know, but, you know, that wouldn't give you your shock ending at the end, which right. really wasn't a shock ending at all. It is kind of goofy, right? Um, uh, you've already answered this, but I'll ask it anyway. After a fresh watch and a fresh discussion, do you still prefer Sleepaway Camp 2 to 1? Yeah, yeah. Really? See, yeah, I don't. I don't. But I am. I do. Yeah. But yeah, I. Yeah. I do like it. Different, don't get me wrong. I don't. Yeah. You don't have to like it. Yeah. Just different strokes, man. Yeah, just, man. Yeah. One really, one really was great, man. Like I had never seen it before. That was my first watch when we watched it, and it it stuck with me, man. I really liked that one. And it had some gnarly kills, man. The snake through that yeah. one guy, and man, it was. Yeah, it had it was some really images. Good. Really good. You like the baseball scene the best. <laughs> I still watch that scene whenever I see a clip of it. <laughs> <laughs> the wardrobe in that is out. I just don't understand how they even got that stuff. It's amazing. Right. All right. What's your third one? Uh, speaking of camping, have you ever wiped your ass with poison ivy? No, never. Is that something you're into? I sure as shit have. No. So I used to live in the woods. Obviously, we talked about it. And I would go to my buddy Devin's house, and his house was like a mile and a half away from my house. So sometimes while walking from his house, which, by the way, Angela stepped over poison ivy a lot. In that movie, she wow. was all she was ass deep in poison ivy in some of those scenes. I don't even know what it looks like. So, so it's got three little leaves on it. Uh, so anyway, I, of course I know now. So I'm walking home from my buddy's house, and the urge hits. So I take care of my business. I get home, and about two hours later, my ass is on fire, dude. No. So you know how you treat poison ivy like infections, right? You piss on it. Uh, no, you put calamine lotion on ah, it and just hope jellyfish. the itching goes away yes. enough for it to, to subside. So imagine having a butt crack filled with calamine lotion. <laughs> so it just basically feels like you haven't wiped oh, God. at all. Oh. And you're just sitting around in this lotion between your cheeks, like oh. dripping down. Oh, it's the worst, dude. It was the, dude. And then like, you can't itch it in public oh. because <laughs> when you get your whole four fingers in your crack, just oh. like. So you have to find like that corner on the chair and just like knead it in there to uh, try and give you some relief. The soggy, it was terrible, dude. Soggy bottom boys. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. 
Dude, it was a week of hell. It was terrible. Sorry, Doc. Absolutely Sorry you had to go terrible. through that, man. That's all right, pal. All right. Uh, mine is, can we do Sleepaway Camp 3 next year? Of course. All right, because I, I really want to see the kills you had promised me in this one. I really want to Sorry, see pal. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I want yeah. to see those still. There's some good ones in there. All right. Uh, do you want to do taglines? Yeah, you ready? Yep. All right, you're going to decide which one was created by the production staff and which one was created from my own weird brain. Shoot. All right. One, this year camps a scream. Okay, that's uh, I'd say ta- that's a legit. Okay. When you go camping, just take the essentials. Uh, that's bad, so I'll say that's legit. Yep. And they thought it was just another ghost story. Oh, that sounds legit, too. Angela is having a camp out. It's going to be so scary. Freddy, Jason, and Leatherface are coming. That's my favorite of the four. I'll say that's a dock line. That is 100% a dock line, and I stole it from Night of the Demons. Remember the Night of the Demons tagline? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angela and Angela is having a party, that's and Jason right. and Freddy are too scared to come. You're right. That was in our intro. Even I remember that. That was a cool intro. So I just put Angela as a you know same character name. So whatever. That's a great watch. I might throw that on for Halloween, man. That's a great Halloween watch. Totally. I was oh, trying to type oh. that out when you guys were talking about it previously. I was trying to type out Night of the Demons. That's a good one, man. Yeah. That is a good one. Uh, you got something else? Or are we got, we got uh, Doc Flick Pick next. Flick Pick is Sleepaway Camp 3. Sleepaway Camp 3. Uh, okay. Uh, it's a film back-to-back, and it has everyone's favorite weird uncle, Michael J. Pollard, which I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he is a fucking weirdo. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on watching that till next year. I want to watch it for the first time for the show. So maybe Halloween next year, um, we'll put that as like our first one. Try to do it like in early October. Okay. So I'll hold off and, and give myself a treat. Michael J. Pollard is like an elderly Crispin Glover. He's just oh nice. odd, very odd. So I love loved him in that movie. Cool. All right. Uh, for me, me and Lynn just started watching Gen V. It's the uh, boys spinoff. Did you watch it yet? I haven't. No. Um, I, I, I enjoyed didn't even know it. they had one. Yeah, yeah. I have, we've only watched two episodes. It just came out, but um, I'm enjoying it as much as I enjoyed the boys. So yeah, maybe give mm, Gen V a That's a great show, show man. Yeah. Absolutely. I liked it quite a bit. Let's do this. Okay. Slot or not. <laughs> All right, buddy, I think I know what it is, but I, I still want to hear it from the, the horse's mouth. This is a comedy horror schlockathon with some inventive kills, some throwaway deaths, but it's just the right length to watch over and over and over again. You're right. Yep. Um, I Of course, it is schlock. I think it took the schlockiness of Sleepaway Camp 1 and just turned it up a notch and made it a 2. That's the way I... Turned the knob to 11. Yeah, that's the way I feel about it. I've got a couple stuff at the end here, Doc, if you're done. Do you have anything else? Nope, I'm oh. good. Thanks, pal. All right, indulge me. Uh we are on Facebook now. I made a Facebook page for those that are so inclined. Uh, very few people on there. I just made it. But if you're a Facebook type person, I'm going to try to cross post the shows and uh, the memes. Then I, I know I've said it before, but Aaron at Ghost Tattoo does all our memes. He does Thank a great job. Much, Way He's more amazing. artistic than we are. Uh, so yeah, uh, that, that's up if you all want to do that. And I, I want to give a real special uh, thanks to our early Patreons because the show is it's just over halfway mark for paying for itself, which is a big help. Um, 100%. And once the show is being completely covered, I'm going to add some real easy goals, like some uh, ways for people to contribute live, uh, maybe some other BS. But as a little sneak, movies, yeah, exactly. As a little sneak peek, uh, I did a little, I did a little digging. I found some cuts that nobody's heard on the show before of Doc, and I was going to play a couple for you, Doc. See if you remember them. Oh boy, I won't. 
This is one that I dug from the archives, the early archives here. Uh, now that I look back at it, I think Blood and Blood Out was actually too short of a movie. They, they could have gone another hour or two. Do you remember that? No, not you, at all. You don't remember the, uttering those words after Blood In, Blood Out? No, that voice was not me either. What? I don't know where you're making this up. I don't know where this is coming from, but this is a a travesty. You're telling me this it's is a, not you. One thing I can say for sure. What'd you, tell, you tell me if this is you or not. One thing I can say for sure is that most of the time the things I say are wrong, and Steve is 100% correct. That's something you were telling me that is not you. Oh, no, that is 100% because I would never utter those words to you or anyone else. You're you're joshing me, dude. Let me let me go back a little further. Let me. Go this back. is Skynet shit right here. <laughs> let me go. Totally let me let you know what I've been working on for like two weeks straight. So I try this. One. Are you, you're just working on this to cut me out of the show. <laughs> try, try 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 this one out for size. Uh, I'm going to go on record now and say that I think the Star Wars prequels and the newer Star Wars sequels are both better than the original trilogy. You're not going on record and saying that. We know that we know. <laughs> First off, I barely like Star Wars to begin with. <laughs> Never have those untrue words come spilling out of my gaping mouth hole. <laughs> it's, it's not something I would say. Like, it's very, uh, you know, play that for my family and see if it could trick them. Well, I, I haven't but, really fine-tuned it. I, I just, I'm, I'm in the early stages of the dock replacement. I haven't really fine-tuned it yet, but... With the proper uh, goals and support on Patreon, I might be able to turn that into a real doc, which would be awesome. Hey, just so you listeners know, pineapple is a safe word. So if I say that, <laughs> you know I'm in danger. New England clam chowder is what the doc says. That. <laughs> pineapple, pineapple. So I've been I've been messing a lot with AI lately. So I tried to get I, I actually purposely left it a little bit off. I could probably tune it a little bit more. I thought it'd be more funny if it was cl like close <laughs> enough to mess with you. You know what I mean? Like not too yeah. much. But uh, it, if I get Damn. enough time, I might make an AI Aaron since he won't be on the show, or <laughs> maybe we maybe an we could do I just gonna say I yeah, not a part of this. I, I was just gonna say make an AI Sledge, and I'll stop pestering him for new craps. <laughs> actually, we I don't actually, need you anymore, Sledge. I did we an AI, AI sledge. sledge. I did one for Sledge already. It didn't turn out really good, but I sent it to him, and I was like, "This is what's gonna happen if you don't start recording some new crap," you know. <laughs> and he, he he responded with like, "The damn cloned me. They did it. They cloned me. <laughs> they did it." They done did it. Bastards. <laughs> can we give out the schlock line number for everybody, too? So oh, they can yeah, contact that's us a good here? idea. Schlock line is shit. 209 Steve 52? That's a question mark at the end of that. <laughs> 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 if that's not it, let me know. <laughs> I don't see it. We'll find out. Hang on. No, that's good. We'll find out right now. I think it is. 209. Yeah, it's Steve. It's 209 Steve, Steve 52. I don't see it. Just so everybody can hear what it sounds like. 52. Yeah, that's definitely it. That's it. But instead, I'm going to make an AI doc recording, put it up there. It's going to be awesome. Can you mix me with Fozzie? <laughs> oh. Walk, 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 walk. <laughs> hey, everybody. Fart shoes. <laughs> One thing I can say for sure is that most of the time, the things I say are wrong, and Steve is 100% correct. <laughs> I'm going to put that as your text tone. <laughs> uh, that's good all right. all right thanks for listening everybody yeah thanks everybody uh whatever i think we're done that was a good show and we'll try to get another one up at asap is
schlock or not schlock or not is it schlock not not schlock or not not schlock not schlock schlock or not schlock or not is it schlock not not schlock or not not schlock not schlock schlock or not schlock or not is or not is schlock or not schlock or not is or not is schlock or not schlock or not is or not is King Sledge, the voice here, number one Patreon. And the reason why I support this show is because I get a little value out of it. And if you get a little value out of the show, you can give a little back for as little as $1 a month. You can follow the link at steve52.com. The show is completely funded by our Patreons. And every cent goes straight back into making this show. Boobs!